The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Beat Jeff Erickson live stream. I'm joined by uh, Rotowire's Eric Halterman. We're going to be uh, going through the uh, Rotowire Online Championship Beat Jeff Erickson draft with the NFBC coming up here. We're starting in five minutes. Looking forward to doing this. We're, we're, it should be a lot of fun. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball live stream. It's the Beat Jeff Erickson draft on the Rotowire Online Championship, brought to you by the good folks at the NFBC. Our uh, sponsors are Underdog and Fantrax. We'll share a little bit, a bit of uh, info from them shortly here, just before the draft gets started. I'm here with Eric Halterman, uh, Rotowire's baseball editor, does all of our article editing, writes articles, does the Rotowire Roundtable, hosts a show on SiriusXM, MLB, MLB Network Radio. Uh, I'm going to be think I'm I think I'm doing it with you on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, Eric. But uh, thanks for joining me today. How you doing? Yeah, doing great. Really, really looking forward to this. I've been enjoying these live streams. It's been an exciting new way to sort of engage with fantasy baseball. Really cool to see people go through their thought process as they're actually making the picks. You know, it's one thing to write things and say things on a podcast or a radio when you aren't close to actually having to, you know, make that pick with 10 seconds left. So really enjoying the the live streams i've watched so far hope we have a good one here too yeah uh and yeah thank you for those of you joining on and that there's probably some league mates joining me too i know tim Lilly, who beat me in the nfl uh version of the rotowire online championship and let me know on twitter about it uh he's in this draft there's a lot of good players that's one of the things i'm a little nervous about because we got uh, rob d pietro and it's not enough that rob's in the league he partnered with Ryan Venancio, and I hope I didn't butcher his name too badly, but Ryan won the Earth series of leagues. There was Scarf, there was Barf, there, it's all, all these localized like city drafts. I was in the Scarf, which is the Southern, Cali version, Southern California version one. I won that league, but I lost the overall. Ryan won the overall. So Rob, Rob is good enough as a player. He had to go and get a, another ringer for this league. Ridiculous. Not um, fair at all. I guess we'll pretend that I'm not here and not helping you in any way or maybe i'll try to actively hurt you then to make it fair even things up <laughs> no uh it, it's uh it you know it, it i need i need your help i, need, I uh, want you on that wall i need you on that wall um going to be uh going to be a tough draft but it should be fun i love i love this contest most of my drafts though have been 15 teamers you and i are both in tgfbi um i've done i did labor last week which is a 15 teamer 
I did a couple in FBC 50s earlier, which were 12ers, but yeah, it it's a different mentality when it comes to 12 versus 15. Yeah, I was curious to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, there's much higher quality of players on the waiver wire throughout the season. That That's, of course, the main thing. You could stream a higher quality of starting pitcher. If you take a risk and it doesn't work out right away, the guy you're going to get on April 2nd is a lot better than the guy you would have got in a 15-teamer. Are you somebody who really heavily modifies their draft strategy for a 12 versus a 15? Or is it maybe just on the fringes, maybe just a touch more risk? I'll take more chances. Um, I'll wait on certain categories, maybe even, you know, go light on one. Like, for instance, saves. You know, and a 15-teamer, you get behind on saves. It's harder to catch up. I can still wait on them, but in a 12, there's almost always going to be some pickups. There's also there's going to be people that are occasionally they're going to uh you know you know they're going to drop an active closer maybe not an active closer but a guy that becomes the closer again because you have to make harder decisions on cut day so yeah it's a little bit tougher there right yeah especially these days with not 30 true closers what we have maybe what 20 to 22 that we think we're pretty sure so you can get two closers here do you set out in a 12 teamer saying i'm getting two closers whereas in a 15 teamer Maybe I have to deal with one and three quarters. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think yeah, I'm almost certainly going to have two closers, but I might like be my ninth. My second one might be my ninth pitcher, depending on how early I get my first one. If I wait on a closer, I'm almost going to get two of them sooner, uh, maybe even a third sooner. But if I get one of the elite top five closers, then I'm almost certainly going to wait on the second one. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you said you're picking fifth here. Uh, did you put that high up in your KDS? Are you it's my somebody second who, choice? Yeah. So you actively wanted to be in the middle of the draft, or did you just want to be at the end of that top tier? Both in this case. Uh, in the twelve, it serves both purposes, right? Um, I think they're. I, I, I'm very comfortable with uh, Tucker at six, if that was the case, and I love being in the middle, generally speaking. Um, and you know, I, I'd also happen happen to say that uh, you know what I. I you know, I like. I think there is a clear top five, but I also love just being in the middle of drafts. Um, it's just, I, I feel, and especially in a twelver, you know, you're not going to really miss. You're really rarely going to get screwed on a run. You might get aced out on a player or two. You will, in fact, but you're not going to get destroyed by a run. Where if you're at one of the ends on a fifteen teamer, you can you can just get just clobbered by a, a, like an aces run or a starting pitching run, or like a closer run or whatever. The- yeah, or it can even be stolen base guys at one point in time. All these things are possible. Yeah, I don't mind having being able to make two picks at once uh, if I'm stuck on the end. But I, I think, like you said, a lot more freedom to maneuver when you're in the middle. So we're we're underway here, right? We're pick number ones yep. on the clock. Who, who the you clock. think is going number one? And by the way, this is the Mad Russians. The, I play. I've played against uh, them multiple times in Vegas. They're great players. Um, I, I don't have a clear number one. In fact, you know, we, we had a recent roundtable ranks, right? Uh, and yeah. one of the debates is I had Turner ranked number one. I think Clay had him number three. You were going to have us debate that. And I'm like, eh, I don't really feel that strong. Yeah, that, that's why I've been going for number five at the top of my KDS because I really think that the top five are pretty flat. And I would actually rather pick in the back end of that top group because even if I have my preferences, they aren't strong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. 
Um, so we saw Acuna go second. He's been going first. We had Greg Ambrosius on the uh, radio show today. Uh, darn, I was hoping to get J-Rod, but yeah, I knew better. Uh, but he was saying that we saw more Acuna at number one over Turner lately. Um, not totally surprised by that, but uh, at any rate, here we go. Jose oh, Ramirez really? went four. It was low-key my target there, but I don't have any Aaron Judge yet. Now I do. I was wondering if you're going to go with the uh... – all in on the biggest bat there or the probably the best balanced outfielder in Tucker, but it's definitely judge for me, I think five and then Tucker six. So judge for me is actually at the top of that top tier, but I don't have him necessarily way out in front of the pack at number one, like we just right. talked about. Right. Um, and I, I think you can really, I, I, we saw Tim McLeod and labor uh, take uh, Tucker two overall. So even he can have that, uh, you know, has had that helium lately because people want that balance. They want to get a little bit of everything. They don't want to, di- you know, do away with speed. Like, I don't think judge is going to run that much this year. He did. He yeah, did. His ask, run. Are you thinking seven or eight or yeah, something, something like in that. that range. I think that's more likely to happen. Um, so it's okay. I mean, I, and I'll just have to be cognizant of that later on in the draft. So you say later on in the draft, that's one thing I've been thinking about lately is how many rounds are you supposed to go before you really start thinking about team construction? Obviously it should enter your mind. If you're completely ignoring it right away, you're probably doing something wrong, but I try to, you know, not go too far down my board in the first few rounds because the gaps between players early on, well, especially the the gaps later. Especially yeah. in a 12, you know, take the best players. I, I, I think you can overthink it in a, in a 12. So you're not necessarily definitely trying to get some steals in here in right. round two, I'm guessing, especially because like we talked about, you're getting at least some from judge. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And if I get like a player with zero, like Soto, who does just doesn't run that much. Eh, fine. Well, I, I still have that, you know, and maybe that's a bad example. Okay. If I get Austin Riley later, well, it doesn't bother me. Because yep. that or Jordan Alvarez, who's slipping here. By the way, Jordan Alvarez falling to twenty would really make me think hard. I, I have plenty, some exposure, but not so much in the NFBC universe. More so, like I got him in labor, I got him in a score sheet league. Uh, you know, I got to make sure that you know platforms are different. You know that uh, I want some NB- NFBC uh, Alvarez, even with the bad news right now. Um, yeah, it, it's not that bad yet, right? It's it's still just you know we're holding him off for a few days it could turn bad but... he hasn't started swinging a bat i mean that right. is i mean that that is that that is a concern it's not good news but yeah. but it is february yeah exactly so there's no alvarez he often goes earlier none of the third baseman other than bobby witt and yeah. jose ramirez the guys who go around the one two turn in a 15 team league are all still out there yeah, uh, is that a position that you really feel like you have to be getting early on? If you don't get one of those first few, uh, are you in trouble, or are you content to miss out on these first handful of third basemen here? I'm not in the first two rounds. I don't care. I'll. I I, I really don't care about position. I think you you're loath to give up value, uh, and you're going to have to make sacrifices. You're going to have to make adjustments all 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 the time in drafts, whether and. You, you, what you really need to do is just find where that pocket of value exists. Um, and, and just find, you find like, if you're going to wait on third baseman, you better know the third baseman around 200 that you like, you know, or, or, or if you don't, well, then you consider, you know, then you push it up. But 
you don't have to worry about in the first two or three rounds. You can still get a guy at 75 or 100 or 150 too. I mean, the fact is they're, they're everywhere there. I mean, there, there are, there are, there's tiers for every position and every quantity and you need to know them because you're, you know, the snake drafts are all about give and take, right? Um, especially in the 15 teamers, especially the, you know, the main event, it gets so, you know, mega deep. Of course, you're going to have to make some tough calls. Well, you've got one coming up in two picks. It looks like maybe you could go pitcher if you want to pitcher this early. Alvarez question is going to be asked unless team six takes them right here. Uh, anybody else who's sitting at the top of the board right now? I mean, if you just go by ADP alone, I mean, oh, well, Alvarez was Alvarez. for me. Okay. So uh, I probably would have done it. Judge Alvarez would have been pretty sick. Uh, so pretty, pretty big bets. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just probably going to go. Huh. You know what? I'm going to go Burns. It's okay. Uh, it's not really, I'm not going, I don't need to shock the world. I'll just value take. I think this is as late as I see him go. And I, I, I kind of have a little thing in mind, uh, how I handle pitchers. What, what is that little thing in mind? Is it specific to a, a 12 or is this a general pitcher strategy? Specific to the 12 uh, that I feel like I, if I get something at the top, I can wait for the next tier. Um, I, I, you know, I, like, I, I think I can go like four or five hitters now if I want. I, well, I might get a close, an elite closer too, but all along I was kind of thinking if Burns falls to me at 20, I'd take him. He fell to me at 20, I took him. That seems fair to me. I mean, he's the quality of pitcher that we were taking 12 to 15 in previous years, right? I don't feel like the fact that Cole and Burns are almost always going outside the first round this year. I'm not sure that's totally justified, but I'm also not taking them at pick 10 or 11. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, um, maybe. But I, I mean, the thing that's interesting is that they didn't finish top 10 last year. But they're always close. You know, they're always there. Cole's always getting your Ks. I shouldn't say always with Burns. It's only been a couple of years for him. So True. always is probably overstating the case a little bit here. Yeah, there's definitely no pitcher this year who I think has a case for a top three, top five pick like we'll often see. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if those guys keep moving up into the back of the first round. Yeah. I didn't I even see Spencer Strider went before Corbin Burns in my TGFBI league today, which is a surprise. But Which is funny because it was the exact – the opposite thing happened in my TGFBI where he went at like pick 39, which is the latest I've seen him go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's he's such an exciting talent that you're going to get one out of 15 people once in on him earlier. I assume you're probably writing off most starting pitchers at pick 29 when it comes back to you here. Yeah, probably. Um, by the way, DeGrom went before Burns in my, or before Cole oh, wow. in my draft. He went like pick 20. It was It was interesting. I would elite. have taken Real Muto had he dropped to me. Um, mm -hmm. Although I think the next, getting an elite catcher is less. I think the separation is less of a factor in the twelves and the fifteens. I don't mind Real Muto going. Real Muto going there. Look at that uh, Turner Devers Real Muto. That's that's fun. Yeah, I, I like that. It's a pretty late Devers too, isn't it? Getting third base sorted out there, getting your steals from Turner, and having already one of the problem spots down in, in catcher. Exactly. Uh, I'm a fan. But uh, by the way, I, oh, yeah. uh, just for those in the audience, I'm drinking what's called party beer. It's a hazy IPA. Uh, they serve it at LAFC games here out in L.A. So uh, if you want to add in the chat what your beer selection is tonight, love to know.
Caring is sharing. I'm uh, drinking coffee because I'm on air with my boss. You know, I'm not your boss, dude. Um, But, uh, you know, and you're you're two hours ahead of me, too. That's true. So I can have my. So you need to stay away. Monday beer. Oh, yeah. That's that's the main goal here. Yeah. I'm a night owl. I don't mind. Are you a night owl? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So don't expect me to uh, publish any articles tomorrow early morning. Copy that. I wasn't planning on it, so. There you go. Spencer Strider just goes after Harris. That's a Braves run. Uh, Michael Harris, early in draft season, he was a bit of a hot button guy. I haven't heard as much like arguing about him on baseball Twitter lately. Where do you stand on him and his ADP? I am getting him a decent amount, especially early on. Uh, I just think the balance package, power, speed, some average. He's got real question marks, but I've been happy where he was in drafts here. Yep. You're up here for pick three. I am. And no. what a lot of same damn guy that I get everywhere. Um, I'm going Marcus Semyon. I want some speed here. I like getting one of the better second basemen. Uh, you know, he was he was a top 20 player last year despite a terrible start. I I, I know some people don't like that pick. You may, there's a risk of batting average, but man, I'm loving it. Yeah, I guess he, he's not old enough yet that we're really afraid of the speed, right? The 25 steals last year, he's in his age 32 season. At some point, you start wondering about these 25-plus steal guys. But I think at 32, we, we can still feel like he's going to run. Although, I guess 25 is more than he'd had in a lot of previous seasons. So but next now, now the environment for running is even better. He seems true. like the type of guy that should benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah, so are you going all in on that? This is something I've been trying to figure out, right? With the additional rules that are going to add more steals, it's either going to be roughly proportional, in which case just draft the way you always have, right? Because everybody needs more steals and everybody's going to get 20% more steals. Or there's going to be a definite bubble somewhere. And if you nail that bubble, you could get a ton of extra steals. Are are you drafting as if there is a definite bubble? Mm, I'm, I think that'll definitely be, you know, we saw the minor leaguers have a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch, a, a surge in stolen bases uh, with the new rules last year. I think we'll get the, uh, something similar. I think, although really catch, you know, throw times by catchers are faster up here. They are harder to get jumps. All that matters. But uh, I, I do think there will be a bump in speed. Right. It's just that again, a bump in speed means everybody needs more speed, right? Yeah. It's the it's the bump in relative speed compared to your league mates that you're really hoping to land on somehow. Yeah. We got our pitcher run coming here. There's a whole bunch of pitchers that tend to go in this round, right? You can either go for the high risk of a Strider or a Degrom or the stability of a Nola. Uh, do yeah. you, do you have a direction on your team so far? And then these pitchers, or have you been skipping them? Like you said, uh, I like Nola a lot. Um, I, I would take him over to Grom. I've been avoiding to Grom for the price. I, I, and, and even other prices I've been avoiding to Grom. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 um, I, for instance, he went at pick 60 in, uh, the LABR draft. Everyone just kept on passing on him, uh, in the fourth round. Fr- finally, Fred Zinke took him at the four or five turn. Right. He ended up with a somewhat high risk team, didn't he? A little bit more than I might've expected. Yeah. Yes, that, that I, is I, correct. I liked the team, but it was a, a high-risk, high-variance team there. Yeah. So our first closer didn't go to 3-7 in Class A. That's pick 31. Uh, that's I mean, it's not that late. 
Um, but it's a little later. You usually see someone in the top 30. Uh, Diaz goes a little couple picks later. Uh, but now we're seeing a lot of yellow. As DVR likes to call it, and by the way, congratulations to Derek Gunriper. He uh, just had the birth of his uh, first son uh, last week. He just announced on Twitter tonight. Uh, very happy for him. Uh, but he always called it the yellow brick road, um, and we're kind of there. Although, although how Jose Altuve breaks that up at the turn, Tim Lilly with a good pick there. Um, you know, we're seeing that yeah, one. Of, he flipped his two picks on the turn just for color reasons. That would yes, have been a lot nicer. Yeah. Well, maybe he did that just to be different, too, I, I, which I, I respect the game if he did. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The Class A before Diaz, I think, was a bit of a surprise. I, I thought that Diaz is... I think they're really interchangeable. Ahead. To be honest, okay. I think they're interchangeable. I mean, yes, Diaz had more saves last year, but Class A is just... He's so rock solid. He's so good. Uh, and right. Cleveland's going to win a lot of games. So, yeah, he, Class A should get his share. And whether it's, you know, I, I, I don't think there's really that big of a difference between the two skill-wise. Do you? Uh, I mean, I'm addicted to strikeouts, so I'm going to get the guy who might strike out half the batters he faces. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. take the extra, what is it, game, over the course of the year. So I, that's enough to push him to clear number one for me. But I think that that's also a bias and maybe a slight weakness in my drafting that I'm a little bit too strong in that way. So I should probably have them more or less back-to-back. Yeah. So you've got yourself a pretty balanced setup with the first three and that you've got the huge bat, the pitcher, and some speed. So you can go in any direction here, right? Indeed I can. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've got a couple of options here. Uh, yeah, there, there's one pitcher I'd take, I think. Eh, there's, there's two bats I'd rather take than the pitcher. So we'll see uh, if it gets to that. Um, Rosa, Rosarana just went, that was an interesting bat that might, okay. That was one of the bats I would have taken. Uh, there's two other bats I'd still take. So I'm still there. Well, I still got options, have, but you know, three options of so three picks to go is a good feeling. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, we'll, we'll see about that one there. Um, I'm not really, oh, there goes the other, there goes another one. Okay. There goes Luis Robert. I, I thought that, uh, I would have ta- happily taken him. Not, it doesn't break my heart. Um, I don't want to be, you know, sometimes I have a blind spot that I wait on outfielders a little too much. Like, I think I did that in labor a little bit and had to, had to go by in volume a little bit there, but, uh, nonetheless, yeah, we'll see. I was, Rodon was not my pitcher. So, uh, interesting. All right. Although I like, I think he here. could be really good, but that's not who I go with here. Uh, I'm going to go very chalky here and go at the top, uh, eight remaining ADP player. And that's Francisco Lindor. Solid pick. You've got the middle infield locked up now too. Yeah. Uh, which isn't necessarily like a positive because there's a lot True. of good middle infielders, but, uh, yeah, I, I love Lindor. I love the Mets context this year. I even like the park change there. I think that helps him a lot. Right. Where where exactly is that coming in? Because he's a right switch center. hitter. He'd be held by any of them. Right center. Right center. Is in. Yeah. And by a pretty decent amount. It w- maybe not enough to make it not a pitcher-friendly park, but it seemed like it should be meaningful. Yeah. And the, the my approach, too, is uh, with, with Lindor and just that pick, generally speaking, is I don't need to set ADP, especially early. Um, I'm more of a uh, value drafter anyhow, I feel like. that's I'm just stronger that way. That's why I like being in the middle. Uh, I think it lends itself to being a value drafter. Yeah, I think in my TGFBI draft today, I 
took the top guy on the board of three of my first four picks. And then it's always a good feeling, especially in drafts when there's certain leagues where you can just tell, oh, this is one of those rooms where people are going to be getting their guys. And then suddenly you get guys falling five to 10 picks quite early in the draft. And if you're happy to be a value drafter, those are great rooms to be in. I, you know, do you have your guys though? Do you have guys that you don't mind setting uh, min picks on? Absolutely. But it's hard for me if the ADP says that they should be available at my next pick. It's hard for me unless they're well ahead of the next guy on my board to jump them. You know, if, if for example, your next pick, your next two picks right now look like they're 53 and 68. If the next guy on my board was at pick 70 or so, I probably hope because what you're always doing is you're, you're picking, you know, the rest of the draft, every, every pick you make is going to affect your every pick you make from now on out. So I often try to think about, you know, if I wait with this guy and I get, and if I get sniped, I guess, if you can call it that, if I'm tr- knowing that I'm waiting on him, I don't know if it counts as getting sniped, but you got to just think about if I lose him, am I happy enough with the other two guys? And if I'm happy enough, I think I'm always going to take the risk of trying to have that guy fall, but I'm certainly willing to jump a guy 15, 20 picks, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the later you get, the more you're willing to jump them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, if you ever look at like the auction values next to a ADP list, you know, by the middle of the draft, we're talking 10 cents, 25 cents difference between players. There's maybe a buck or two for multiple rounds. So really, there's no reason not to get creative later on if you sure. have guys you have to get. Exactly. So Kyle Schwarber just went a little bit ago. Uh, Verlander just went. I was considering Verlander last round, uh, but... You know, given how I had an ace already, I wasn't that bad. Um, I was, uh, but Kyle Schwarber just went. Um, he ran last year. That one kind of threw me by surprise a little bit. Does he run again this year? It, you know, I feel like this was like a like a peak year for him last year, and I feel like he's a regression candidate. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Are there any reasons to believe? Did his sprint speed go up or anything? Doing a quick stat cast. Where did he sit? Because he did have some years early in his career when you thought he was going to be a terrible fielder, but he had one or two where he randomly was okay. So there's like some hidden athleticism despite the body type, but just 29th in sprint speed last year. It's actually a drop. He was 45th percentile the year before. So that certainly doesn't look like it's the start of sustainable steals to me. For a guy who never stolen more than four bases before, I'm not banking on it. Yeah. So I'm up now. You keep talking for a sec. All right. I'm curious if chat is going to predict a pitcher or a hitter here. I think with one ace and three hitters, I think absolutely would have the freedom to keep going hitter, especially with what you mentioned earlier uh, with multiple, the ability to take one pitcher early and then you don't need to necessarily be one of the first people to get your starting pitcher two or starting pitcher three because you're getting extra numbers from your top guy yep i'm going hitter here um this is a risk this is definitely risky Ah. i'm going adelise garcia here uh yeah i i I understand i'm gonna lose a little batting average here i just like the again the production across the board um i think he's kind of a last of a category maybe there's another there is one uh, but doesn't run as much but uh you know, I, I feel like I can balance like a little power speed combo later or, you know, or maybe 
power average combo later. I think that there's there, there's a lot of different ways we can go with that there. But uh, I, I wanted another hitter, and I, I didn't mind having another outfielder here. Um, I feel pretty comfortable with the next tier of starting pitchers. I'll, I'll get one in, at some point in the near future. Yeah, pitcher starts to flatten out pretty quickly. There's that run of outfielders in the last round and this round with Schwarber breaking it up kind of humorously as the opposite player type. But a Rosarena, Luis Robert, Cedric Mullins, and Adelise Garcia are all, to a certain extent, power speed guys. I don't know if you'd count Mullins as much of a power guy at this point. Uh, but So I really like ending up with the last guy in a group like that if you're targeting someone in that group. Obviously, the guys who go earlier probably go earlier for a reason. But none of them are without risk. And so if sure. the knock on Adelise Garcia is, well, he's he's pretty risky. It's not as if Luis Robert isn't. Right, right. Uh, Will Smith goes. I was huge on Will Smith last year. I still like him a lot. But I also like the catcher, the catchers, the, the catcher pool a lot better this year than I did last year. Yeah, a ton of new guys. And again, like we talked about earlier, in a 12-team league, the 24th catcher is just a lot better than the 30th. And the 10th yeah. is a lot better than uh, it used to be in previous years, too. Yes. So even if you're the last person to your first catcher, you're going to get someone you're comfortable with. Yeah. So go ahead and make a run. I don't care. Yeah. Try me. Go on a run. Not really. Well, looks like we've got a bit of a closer run or at least a couple closers going here. Yeah. I, I like both. Of the, I like both uh, Presley and Devin Williams. I like Presley a little bit better than Devin Williams. I like the Seeger pick a lot. I, I have a lot of Seeger already. Uh, really thought that was a good pick. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, I like that we're not going on too many huge runs here either. Yeah, yeah, I guess you'd rather see that in the middle because, like you said, you're, you're trying to stay involved at every part of the draft. And if there's, you know, 15 pitchers who go between your picks, that's not going to happen. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on Seeger too. I mean, he's the perfect example of a guy who should benefit from the shift, right? A lefty who doesn't just pull grounders all the time, but hits all sorts of balls. He's a lefty with a good hit tool in general who should smash some liners through the gaps. He should hit some hard grounders, uh, but it's not as if he's one of those guys who was never going to do damage anyway. So, Hey, congrats. He's going to hit 260 instead of 240. Uh, he's a, yep. just an excellent all around hitter and a lefty trying exactly. to get him in a lot of places this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, now I'm trying to, uh, throw a few guys in my queue. I haven't been very good about doing that already. And just in case there's like some weird sort of timeout Corbin Carroll went, I got a lot of early Corbin Carroll. The price on him seems to be going up. Uh, and then, uh, Rizel Iglesias just went, uh, Iglesias is, represents the last of the closer, that first top tier closer for me tier. Um, I think there's a drop off after that. I kind of planned on swimming in that lower tier. Uh, I would have taken Iglesias had he gotten to me, but I didn't think he was going to get to me. So no, no regrets about the Garcia picks now, seeing that that entire tier just went. Uh, I mean, there's a tiny, tiny smidge tinge of regret, but I, I already kind of committed to the strategy, and uh, you know, I feel like I, I'm pretty happy with I'm building a pretty st a stout offense instead. And you know, I contend that saves come in the league in the 12s a lot more than they do in the 15s. I have to prove it. I still have to go get them. But nonetheless, I kind of think that that's not a bad route to go. Because it's just much less likely that the next man up is going to have a spot on somebody's bench already because there's just not that many bench spots and there's so many other viable candidates. You just don't want to stash a setup man. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Uh, we just saw Zach Gallen go. That's a good pick to me, I think. 
someone said Bautista's t- in that top tier. I think skill wise, yes, but the health scares me. I think that's what I, I think that puts him in a different level right now. Um, the fact that he isn't pitching yet right now, he had that he was kind of sidelined by some of the stuff that uh, slowed him down uh, last year a little bit at the end of the season. That bothers me at an entire offseason, and he still hadn't fixed that there. I'm going starting pitching here. I'm going to go get my second ace in Alec Manoa. I uh, had a lot of them here, a lot, a lot of them in last year at this spot. He's not going any earlier than he did last year, Eric. I, I, I'm a little surprised by that. Is it just that the K percentage isn't high enough yet? I mean, I am not an Alec Manoa guy, so so I'll okay. be here, curious to hear. Why aren't you an Alec Manoa him. guy? What's because wrong with you? I'm just his, kidding. Look at his underlying numbers. 23% strikeout rate. It's entirely so it's average. Strikeout. Six and a half. Well, it's the whole picture. Six and a half percent walk rate. That's good. Give him that. But then his ground ball rate in the high 30 percent. That's that's pretty mediocre, too. If you look at guys with those underlying numbers, they don't tend to reliably produce great ERAs. You look at his some of his ERA estimators last year, I guess fifth was pretty good. 335 because it didn't result in homers that low ground ball rate. But say XFIP, which uses fly ball rate instead of homers. 397 Sierra 385 maybe I should have more faith in the actual ERA given that he was you know quite good last year too 322 but I just see a guy who hasn't been in the league that long and is dramatically out pitching his peripherals we've seen so many of those guys and most of them fall back to the peripherals pretty quickly so I haven't been able to get to justify uh, Manoa going where he has, but clearly he's got a lot of fans who see something that I'm not. Yeah. Seeing. I mean, I, I, I see him rising in big occasions. I see him. I, I see the, the size and the velocity is strong. I don't think he's at ri- as much risk to get hurt. Um, I, I, I sometimes think that pitchers that may pitch slightly fewer K percentage than their stuff and size and expectations would dictate actually, kind of throttle it down a little bit that's my theory and to in order to stay healthy um i could be wrong about that theory but i feel like he's suited to pitching in that sort of manner so that's why i'm less concerned i I think that's fair it's just i wonder if he settles in as more of a very you know above average innings eater a good number three rather than a ace number two type like his early eras are suggesting but i think i'm probably being unfair to him given that his strikeout rate as a rookie was almost 28 percent. so it's not as if he has never right. shown strikeout stuff. I think I'm too low on him, but I doubt I'm going to come up enough to actually get him. Fair. That's fair. Um, I, uh, I, I'm i loyal. Yeah, I had him in both mains last year. He was very, very good to me. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be, right? Even if we know that like, that's not exactly a logical way to draft, how, how can you not? Yeah. Uh, Jason Jablonski makes a good point, too. Uh, pitch, Toronto pitchers should benefit with Varsho and Kiermaier in the outfield. Yes. That is one of the things that they, uh, they they made a point of improving their outfield defense the last, uh, this offseason. Uh, and, you know, their, their, their outfield is also uh, – it's asymmetrical now. Um, it's right. not – and I think that was kind of by design. They wanted to improve their outfield defense and, meanwhile, maybe make it harder for visitors a little bit. Yeah, and I guess – I don't know when or when are we going to know exactly how much it's going to change the park factors. A lot of it seems to be – moving stuff in, but then also moving the walls up. It seems like it's going to benefit hitters, but not exclusively all hitters and certainly not every batted ball. So this could be one of the tougher ones to parse this year. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I, that is definitely uh, one of those where I'm, uh, you know, I, I am, you know, I, I am pretty, uh, I, like I said, I'm pretty optimistic about him. So, all right, I'm up again. And I, I was kind of sweating this pick. I'm taking Sal Perez. I think he's underrated this year. Um, I, and I know his ADP is slightly below Adley Rushman, although I'm taking him before Rushman here, and Rushman also also fell. But I mean, I I think you know a year removed from the injuries, I, I think he, he gets a lot of that power back. I, I was pretty psyched uh, psyched to get Perez here. Yeah, I think I think that's a good value. I think all of the early catchers have seemed more or less fine where they're going. I, I don't think, I don't think anybody's pushing up too far given that this is a 12. I think I would happily have taken Perez there. I'm also on him over Rutschman, not necessarily by a lot, but if both are available, I'd be taking Perez. And it's just so real that power granted, he's probably not going to hit 48 again, but if you know that you want a lot of homers from your catcher, he's as good a bet as anybody, even the guys going ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, there is one, one that got away from me and it, it, I kind of went away from myself. Uh, that was Eloy Jimenez. I love Eloy. And I was a little bummed out when he went, um, that, that was a, a guy that, uh, I really thought that I would be able to get on the comeback and didn't, uh, when I took Manoa, I mean, that it cost me, uh, Eloy is immediately the next pick after that there. And the thing I love about Eloy is he's a high average power guy. And those are harder to find as you get deeper into the draft. And, I, know, I, I have some batting average risks on my team, namely Adelise Garcia. He's, I would say he's a, not just a risk. He's a no negative batting average guy. Right. And your only definite strength in batting average before that was probably Aaron Judge. Semyon and Lindor are right. unremarkable there. Sure. So that that is if I have, you know, that 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 is something to be cognizant of later in the draft is like, OK, I, I need to kind of keep an eye out on bad average because it's not like this is a standalone league where I can stop. I'll punt it. You know, you know, you can't do that right. here. There's an overall component. A lot of our entry fee goes towards that. Uh, so, yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah. How do you adjust your strategy for that? It's mostly just don't ever think about punting anything. Is, is there any other? thing that listeners might be overlooking in overalls that you really got to make sure you're keeping in mind well it's just that it's ex- just when you realize that nobody is punting at least in their right mind that means scarcer commodities become more expensive closers aces uh especially you get in the 15 teamers and the 15 team starting pitcher inflation is, thing is real and it's spectacular Right, and that probably also explains the early second round Edwin Diaz's you'll get sometimes too. Going yep, more right so around. last year than this year. Yeah, last year got very weird, but that's because there were even fewer confirmed closers because of the lockout. There was plenty of drafts happening when there were maybe one confirmed closer to go around per team. Maybe there's only like 15 total in those February drafts. I think that was probably an anomaly. I hope. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, there's two pit players I really enjoy, Gunnar Henderson and Vinny Pasquantino, especially Vinny. I'm a big fan. Oh, absolutely. He's my type, 100%. I love guys with excellent hit tools, guys who have excellent plate discipline. Jesse Winker for a few years was somebody I was all over. And Pasquantino was just looking up to make sure he did finish with more walks than strikeouts by one. But, man, if you finish with any... If you ever get more walks and strikeouts, I'm probably going to be drafting you for the next 10 years. I mean, what what a skill, what a baseline skill to show as a rookie. And it's not as if that's all he has, too. But if we know that he has that, that he has such a good judgment of the strike zone, 
is going to hit the ball just so often. The batting average is only going to get so bad if you make that much contact. Maybe there's a risk that too much of that contact is on the ground, but 12-degree lunch angle last year, I don't think there's Eric Hosmer risk with him. I think he's quite possibly at the start of an excellent and very long career. Yep. Um, and that top, the top half of that Royals lineup's pretty fun now. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll ignore the bottom of the ha- bottom half here, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited about the top half of this uh, Royals lineup, and they have a real pitching coach now. Maybe there's some uh, reason for hope in this franchise. True. Yeah, we've got project against righties: MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt, Salvador Perez, Vinny Pasquantino, and then hey, Kyle Isbell. So yep, bit bit of a gap there. Mind the gap. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I have got a couple players in mind for this next pitch. Uh, it will be a hitter. Uh, if they get one of those two guys, I, I will be keeping batting average in mind. Uh, the only thing I don't like is one of them would tie up some positional scarcity for me. Uh, but so be it if, I, if he comes to me, and that's Xander. Um, and then the other is uh, is Jose Abreu, I think. But I think he, he fits a need, uh, you know, and believe it or not, first base is not as deep as you think. I like some of the, the next tier of first basemen still, but point is like you can get two. So uh right. you know, I think those two are my targets. And then you know, Teoscar's always there. He's a good friend. I like Teoscar a lot too. There's a Brayu, so no longer a target. Yep. Um yeah, I, I I don't know if darkness on the edge of uh whatever I, I, his, his name is too long. It's uh go, runs off my draft tool there but team seven or team six uh, i don't know if he's paying attention tuning in and he plucked mm. him hearing me that if so well shame on me uh i'll take xander bogarts i don't love the ballpark but man hitting at the top of that padres order it's gonna score a ton of runs i still think he addresses batting average a lot for me there too yeah unless you're really worried about XBA, I don't know how much attention you pay to that, but he's 259 last year, just really a 307 batting average. His batting average was inflated by a 362 BABIP, so it should come down. The projections, though, are calling for more or less in the 270s, which actually would be his lowest mark since 2017. So maybe he's shown a skill to sustainably out, outpace his expected batting average there. I have to be careful about flaunting the projection systems. I mean, sometimes I've been right about doubting them. Sometimes they get Kyle Hendricks right. Um, but that, right. that on the pitching well, side of things. Eventually. Yeah, but yeah, you, they were wrong for five years before they were right. So you can right. look at it that way too. Yeah, Bogarts, he's the textbook kind of player that I probably rate too lowly in drafts because I spent a lot of my draft prep looking at things like XBA and barrel rate and hard hit rate and strikeout rate and the underlying numbers like that. And I sometimes can forget about lineup position and team quality. I think of those as tiebreakers, but they can be more than tiebreakers in a case like Bogarts. Uh, Maybe they only show up in the runs and RBI category, which can be harder to predict. So I spend less time thinking about them because I think I can get homers and batting average. I think I can know more there. But like you said, a guy who's going quite possibly hitting at the top of one of the best lineups in the game. And the Padres may well have the best lineup at this point, at least once Tatis comes back. I, I think that's definitely a pick that I should like more than I do based on my own rankings. Yep, exactly. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's fun to kind of play around with that. And, you know, I always find that they're informative. They help you like find guys that you might miss or find a feature that, about a player you might miss. 
wow, George Kirby getting some respect in this room. I almost always end up with George Kirby, not in this league. Yeah, gotta gotta love. I mean, speaking of Kyle Hendricks, he's he's drawing those Kyle Hendricks comparisons already. Did he have finished with a walk rate? Of, it started with a three last year, Kirby. I think he might have. Yeah, it's oh, just four point one percent. Just got over four. Shame on him. But that, I mean, that's that's special for a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, Tristan McKenzie. I just put him in my queue. Uh, he's out of my queue now. Uh, good pick. Fun guy, I think. Yeah, it seems like one of those guys with the potential to add something to his game, and you're not even necessarily paying all that much for it. So you're thinking a hitter or a pitcher with your next one here? Well, I was thinking McKenzie, but I, I'm, I'm open to pretty much anything. That's the great thing uh, that I like about this. Um, I mean, there's some closers I'm going to look at a little bit later, but um, I, I can go a lot of different ways. And oh, that was a non-answer. I know it was non-responsive, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also don't know. I mean, I kind of, I'm still haven't decided yet. Well, you got one on minute to decide here. So, yeah, guess what? This is your life. It is time to decide. Yeah. Um, you've got yeah. first base and third base available. You got three outfield spots. You've got a reliever could maybe use. Yeah, got two starters. The world is my oyster here. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm going to go uh, probably not too crazy here. Uh, I mean, I think I'm, again, uh, I, I find like I'm still pretty much in line with ADP a little bit here, and I'm going to go Robbie Ray with this pick. Um, pretty high on the ADP list. You know, the fact that we just t- we just lost, well, I don't know about lost, but definitely downgraded uh, one, uh, one starting pitcher in uh, Tyler Glass now with the injury news today makes me kind of, a little bit want to get that third starter a little bit sooner. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And it's not like Glasnow is going to be the only one dropping. I mean, I guess we hope it's not Burns, Manoa, or Ray, but there's the attrition's already starting. It's not the most fun part of following baseball news here. I like Ray, though. I think he's a perfectly fine value this year. Seems like people aren't really baking in any chance that the strikeouts come back up. I think they're pretty much fully writing off 2021 as a fluke. If you look at his draft price, he's basically going as if what he did last year is what he is. And I think he's totally fine value if that is all he is. But we just saw him have a otherworldly season two years ago. So it seems to me that there's at least some chance that something like that comes back. But again, even if he doesn't, you get a pitcher with his talents in that kind of park. Very nice value, I think, as your third starter. Yeah. And obviously, I'm waiting on closers here a little bit. Uh, that's the trade-off. We just saw Clay Holmes go. I don't know if Holmes is the full-time closer on the Yankees. And we're, we're kind of in that range where I, there's a lot of pitchers with skills that I like, but not necessarily roles. I'm hoping to get two or three of them and hope they hit. Yeah, and I really don't like taking in the first 10 rounds a closer who I'm not sure is a closer, right? You can get those later, maybe a slightly less skilled one or a slightly less certain one. But, man, I, I hate turning down a first 10-round bat or starting pitcher just to get a guy that I hope is going to give me 30 saves but might give me 11. Right, exactly. Starting to see some catchers fly off the board here. I like Melendez. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like uh, Sean Murphy a lot. I think there's one more that I think that's really interesting in this range. Um, I, I'll just say him. I think William Contreras is very interesting in this range as well. Yeah, both guys involved in that trade, I think, are, are good values this year. Murphy, I was surprised at how few MLB games he's played in. 
I mean, he's had two full seasons, I guess, and then he had the shortened 2020 campaign. But I, for some reason in my head, I had thought that Murphy was a little bit more established heading into 2020. I had memories of him, I thought, playing in, you know, 17, 18, 19. But even though he's heading into his 28th season, he actually hasn't had that long of an MLB career. So maybe there's more room for a, a next step up with him when he moves to a new organization. It just leaves a sad situation, too. I mean, I don't know what was going on in his own mind. Maybe he was perfectly fine. But I got to imagine getting out of a situation as sad as that current athletic setup, definitely a possibility for a jump there. Yeah. And there goes William Contreras, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought so. I love the situation he's Murphy's falling into in Atlanta. I mean, and you know, they, they paid him. They're going to play him. I know Darno's still on the team, but you know, they, they found a way to make it work last year. William Contreras probably played a little less than we would have liked, but at the same time, yeah, um, I, I think Murphy's going to get a lot of run here. Yeah, I had Darno way too low in my catcher rankings after that trade, but I think he's going to play too. I mean, look yeah, at their other I, DH the options: Marcelo Zuna, yeah. Mar- yeah, Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, whichever of them doesn't play left field. I mean, there's every chance Darno's a better hitter than those guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows with Ozuna? I mean, there's you know he could be just like this. This is Brace fans view him as an albatross con- contractually. Mm-hmm. Neither him nor Rosario's had an above average batting line since 2020, I believe. So not not a lot from either of those guys. It always yeah. seems like the Braves go in with the hole at left field, though, right? True. And then they solve it with six guys and win a World Series. I guess that yeah. only happened once, but Yeah, but they're there, they're there. That's the point. All right. We're starting right. to enter the uh really interesting outfielders range. I think the last three that went, Jake McCarthy. Uh, Christian Yelich, Taylor Ward, all of them are guys that you could have pretty divergent opinions on. You either think McCarthy's going to run, or you think he's not even going to play. You think? Oh, Yelich I'm all has... I'm I'm all in on McCarthy, by the way. Same, yeah. but I'm hoping it's not wishful thinking uh, because yeah. they're as bad as not amazing. It's just I need him to run because I often don't have much speed before him. Yeah, exactly. You're up again here, having taken three pitchers. Am I guessing hitter here, or are you looking? You are guessing correctly on that one there. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I was, I actually was kind of hope I was going to double up at catcher, believe it or not. And I was going to take uh, Contreras had he fallen, but he did not fall. So now instead, I'm kind of uh, I think this is a little reachy here. I think Andrew Vaughn's going to have a big year. Um, I don't know if I could have waited on him, but I'm going to go ahead and take him now. I don't care. Uh, especially the news that Hoskins might not be ready for the start of the season. Um, Vaughn is a guy that I'm kind of prioritizing in this tier. Yeah, that that's, makes some sense. Vaughn's got a really interesting profile in that it's just not quite there yet. But he was with a third overall pick in 2019, and he's only 24. So if you want to bet on a guy who's just not all the way there yet, that's a pretty good place to start. It's not as if he's a nobody either. He was solidly above average hitter last year, 113 WRC plus, not like an elite bat. 17 homers. It's probably not as much as you would hope that he would get to in his peak, but he makes a lot of contact and the hard hit rate is good enough. Maybe a little too much contact in the ground, but no right. more Tony La Russa there. Maybe, yes. maybe this team that's going to start making adjustments and modernizing a bit he could make a jump. I could see that. Yep. Uh, that, that, that's a big part of it is the lack of La Russa. Uh, and it's just amazing. Malaise that around that thing. team. 
and it's amazing how it went just exactly like everybody predicted. I mean, I thought there was at least some chance that there'd be all this righteous uproar that how dare we hire Tony LaRusso? And then turns out, oh, the old man does know some things. But no, it was it went exactly according to script, which is unfortunate for White Sox fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's funny how first guessing sometimes works. Uh, we're starting to enter that range where you're starting to see like a lot of uh, uh, some red, red indications next to the top guys in the queue. Uh, we're starting to, you know, we've drafted long enough that the 80, you know, that are we, I mean, we should say we, we've established this ADP now, but now we're getting all this news out of spring training, whether it's Hoskins or Suzuki or glass. Now, you know, there, there's always that risk of get, kind of getting stuck. Although uh, I mean, Hoskins, you can make a case for drafting him. Anyhow, he's supposed to play on Friday, Uh What's your reaction to, the, uh, to that news about uh, Hoskins and how, how the Phillies revealed it? Yeah, it's interesting to not know about it until now, although he's not the only one, right? Didn't we learn about a Ozzy Albies surgery like just as he reported to camp? Yep. Hoskins has had so many minor things. There was like two years in a row where his season ended a bit early with various surgeries. I don't think either of them was a knee, though. It's, it's some real concern, but I feel like it's one of those where we're going to know even just a week from now, if he's going to be basically fine. I mean, if he's going to play, if he's already well enough to play pretty soon, it's a pretty good chance he's ready by opening day. Although, again, Philly's already going to be without Bryce Harper. Does that push them to get everybody else ready right away, or does it push them to say, all right, you know, we're not at full strength in April. Let's make sure we're at full strength in October. I think you can make a case either way. Yep, you can. Uh, That's my non-answer for the day there. Okay, good, good, good. Outlook on the Phillies generally. I mean, you're you're a big Phillies guy. Um, you know, I, I I mean, they went out, they got Trey Turner, they 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 addressed some needs, that's for sure. I mean, they they still have like m- crazy mix of high strikeout, high walk guys to possibly close. Answer Anthony Dominguez. Uh, so we don't know who's going to be the closer there, but uh, they're they're definitely not being passive. They're definitely trying to improve, which I like to see. Oh, yeah, I look from a fan perspective, amazing. I mean, it's great to root for a team that is trying to win and that has suddenly modernized behind the scenes as well, which is really cool to see. They're actually like finding guys on waivers and finding guys who've been cast off by other teams like Jose Alvarado and actually turning something, yeah. turning them into something, which has never really happened before in my memory as a Phillies fan. But Phillies, got to remember that they weren't all that good last year. We, we won the pennant, but... We were the sixth seed, and deservedly so. And with Harper out for half the year, I think the projections calling for the Phillies to be third in that division and probably fight for a wild card spot. I, I think they're pretty accurate. Yeah. I think the additions are going to make up for the fact that they may be overachieved last year, and they're going to be without their MVP for half the season. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so I'm a pick away right now. Now I'm on the clock. Up. I'm going to get a guy that I had 0.0 shares of last year. Um, and that is Stephen Kwan. We talked about my need for uh, batting average. I still think I needed to address it. I think he hits it pretty, I think he hits it pretty squarely, scores a lot of runs. It's going to run some a little bit. And he's not completely a zero when it comes to power. He, he's, he's not Billy Hamilton. Let's put it that way. He's not, uh, he, he, you know, I, I faultily uh, compared him to, uh, Oh man, I'm, I'm all of a sudden blanking. Got traded to the Cubs was the White Sox second baseman, pure batting average guy. Nick Madrigal. Yes. Now, yeah. It was and, his college teammate too, I think. Yeah, and the fact is, he's a better hitter than that. So I think he 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 squares up some needs for me. 
Well, here's a, a pop quiz for you. How many barrels did Stephen Kwan have all of last season? Uh, I, I'm guessing that it's really shockingly low, and I'm about to be made an idiot on this one here. So I'll say five. It was seven. So okay. more, more than you thought. Anyway, he had six homers. It, it's more than zero, more, more than Miles Straw, who had three and who often has one. But yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't be expecting double-digit power from Kwan. Although enough doubles and stuff. That you, all you really need is for him to be able to hit the ball hard enough that pitchers have to respect him. I think you see the guys who are all in on contact and absolutely no power, aren't even going to get a double. Pitchers just go right after him, and they're just going to you know, hit 270 with a few singles. I think there's probably enough overall talent there that Quan can survive as somebody who is definitely contact way over everything. Yeah, I think, I think I, so. I think he's fine. Yeah. Uh, Got to take care of some business here. We're going to share a, a quick couple of notes uh, from our sponsor. So bear with us here real quick. Uh, all of our podcasts are sponsored by Underdog. And right now, Underdog has the MLB Best Ball Tournaments live. There is no better place to play Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. They have the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In Best Ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our Rotowire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. Also, uh, we're at the turn. I think I can squeeze this in here still, too. Uh, Fantrax, who's been with us all draft season. It's the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. Waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash rotowire fantrax the home of fantasy sports all right i'm here with eric halterman we are plowing through this draft we are at the uh it started the uh what are we at the start of the uh, 12th round right now i'm about four picks away from my next pick um while i was doing all those readings uh anything catch your eye eric well you are still without a closer and i'm trying to figure out how many other teams have no closer and wondering if you're gonna feel a bunch of pressure to jump on there soon that that's the only meaningful gap i guess there's also third base so if you have third base targets that you're definitely trying to jump in on i I would want probably three third base targets probably to feel safe having not gotten one left the funny thing is those are the two areas i was thinking about so you read my mind we're on the same page yes um Probably good. Uh, probably transparently obvious that I haven't done that. Uh, but and I hopefully like I don't get punished for that. Actually, I don't think I can get punished for that. There's guys I like at multiple tiers in both of those spots. So hoping that you know I'll be able to get at least a couple of them. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, right. So yeah, should be fun. Should be fun. Um, I am up in like three picks here, and 
fortunately, a couple guys, you know, it's it's always like I'm loaded at middle infielder. So like I see Nico Horner go, who I like as a player, but yeah, that's a gift to me. That's that's one guy I was definitely not drafting, and you always like seeing that. Yeah, I mean, even if you need to fill that MI spot eventually, I think it's tough to fill it now for sure, because then you completely lock yourself out. Well, I already did. I did a while oh, ago with Bogarts. Good point. So. Good point. Yes. So yes. the U- UT spot is what I should be talking about. You you could yeah. fit him in, but could I mean, I think... have done and all that. There goes Jaron Joan Duran. Uh, I always butcher his. name. Would you have considered him there? Is is he Absolutely. enough of a closer for you as your closer one? Well, there's a bunch of high skilled guys that don't necessarily have the job, right? He yes. is one of them. Um, uh, that I am considering uh, at that spot. There's, there are others. Uh, there are two others that I have above him, for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely in the range. He, there, he's definitely in that range. Um, yeah, him and the two Seattle guys, I'm thinking of pretty similarly this year. So Jose Miranda just went. That was definitely a consideration for me. I like Jose Miranda quite a bit. I have him in a lot of places. I'm going to take Scott Barlow here, though. Um, uh-huh. I like Scott Barlow's skills. I think the new manager only helps him, doesn't hurt him. I am not afraid of a role as Chapman. Uh, I'm going to, you know, this, this could be like, you know, la, 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 I'm walking into my death, but I am not afraid of a role as Chapman. I don't, I think he's, I think he's toast. I think he's just done. I mean, I, I you know, maybe the new, new scenery helps. I, I hate how he walked away from his team in the playoffs of all times. Really ridiculous. Um, I, I'm not worried at all about him. And maybe I should be a little bit, but I'm not. Quick interjection to ask you to scroll down so that the uh, viewers can see more. Of yeah, the absolutely. I think we're yes. blocking it now. Yes. Uh, but I, I agree with you on, on Chapman, especially now after his latest requiring stitches on a split lip and a cracked tooth after he slipped and fell at his house. I mean, not that that's going to... Do you believe that story? A big impact? I mean, exactly. With, with all of his like I, baggage, is there... What sort of percentage chance is there that that is BS? No higher than 60? Yeah. Something like that. And I, I think for him to take the job from Barlow, he would have had to have a smooth spring. I think the only way that he took it is if he looked like Geraldus Chapman and everything went normal this spring. And that's like already not happening. He's already not having a normal spring. So I think it is definitely time anybody who moved Barlow a bit down the draft board just tentatively a little bit worried about that i think it's fine to move him back up to where he was before the chapman signing yeah by the way lucas geo leo just went i love that pick i think it, that was a really good pick i'm i bumped up his projection a little bit the other day and i might even do it a little bit more might have improved it i think the bounce back uh is likely with him uh he, he's another one of those where i think that he was especially hurt by the malusa uh, uh just malaise hanging over remember that boston game where he just left him in there hanging to dry i think it was the day of the uh the marathon i think it might have even been two years ago yeah um just Just stuck with that experience for sure yeah and his he was much better in his underlying numbers he actually beat your earlier pitcher alec manoa in sierra not that we're going to treat one advanced stat as gospel but giolito actually was at 379 there and alec manoa was at 385 so a lot of the underlying numbers with Julito said that he was worse but not all that much worse and for the where he's going he can basically repeat his strikeout walk ground ball numbers and just have better bad batted ball luck and he's already a fine pick 
And then if he gets back any of his previous talent, I think he really could be a good bargain. And that's coming from somebody who wasn't really a Giolito fan in past seasons. I thought he was often a bit too expensive. Yep, exactly. Um, And yeah, so, uh, you know, I I got him in LABR. He was, I paired him with Tony Gonsolin. I thought the two kind of worked well together. One I felt was pretty good on ratios. The other was good on strikeouts. Uh, Both should get decent number of wins. I think the White Sox will bounce back a little bit. There goes Andres Munoz. He's another one of those skills, not necessarily role guy. Um, Right. I can't expect more than 15, maybe 20 saves, but especially as good ratios as you get from a reliever. Exactly. Especially because you know that, uh, you know, the Mariners are just like the Rays and that, you know, sharing saves is an ethos for them. Right. Well, you're up now. It's been at least a few rounds since you've taken a starter. Are you going to keep getting an even better? No, it's third base time. Third base. All right. No, no Jose Miranda. I'm not able to see the cue very well from my screen, so I don't have gonna, a great sense of who the top couple are. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of – it's a coin toss between two guys, and I don't want to wait another round and get aced on both of them because I think there's a teardrop after that. I am going to go with Eugenio Suarez over Matt Chapman, in part because I already have some exposure to Chapman, and I, I think they're two, they're relatively equal to each other. Um, and Chapman obviously has a huge batting average downside, so does Suarez, uh, but – I. I think after that, like there's Cabrian Hayes who runs, but you know, and I know he had a 400 hit home, 400 foot homer today in spring training, but he hasn't demonstrated consistent power skills. Um, and I think, you know, there's some interesting guys like Jordan Walker later on, but doesn't even qualify at third base yet though, uh, that you have, or at least he may not, I see him listed as outfield in some places. Uh, and I didn't want to likely that up eligibility with Nolan Arenado there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he may, and he might start the year in the minors. So like, then you're looking at like Justin Turner or Brandon Drury or Ryan McMahon point is, I think there's a drop off after that. So I didn't want to get into that next tier of third baseman. Yeah. And I'm with you. I'm viewing Suarez and Chapman as virtual clones. I guess that the park is tougher for Suarez and the park could get even easier for Chapman. Yeah. But if you've already had more Chapman than Suarez, I think they're, they're so close to each other that I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, and that's where like drafting Quan gives me earlier gives me that latitude to take a batting average with more with more power later on. At, at what point in the draft do you make that transition from saying I just want the best guy, or hey, I really need to think about category by category? It seems like you're already clear. I'm kind of there. I'm already there, kind of to be honest with you. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit annoyed because my guy Pete Fairbanks just went. I thought that he might make it back to me. In fact, I kind of was, I wouldn't say counting on it, but I was really planning on it. Yeah. He's, he's been rising, right? As he sure has Pick 151 today. People have correctly pointed out that he's been pretty underdrafted. I know Jason Collette for Rotowire has been a big fan of him. He's been banging that drum. His raised bias, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, And the fact is he got paid, you know, the Rays don't pay guys. So when they do, you got to pay attention. And that means his arbitration doesn't matter anymore, right? And we know exactly. that the teams will sometimes avoid using their best reliever for the ninth inning because, hey, then he'll get saves and then we'll have to pay him and we can't have that. Uh, exactly. So the fact that his salary is locked in could help. And I think with the Rays, this is the case with many teams. We were just talking about the Mariners, and I don't know if it's the case with the Mariners, but there are these teams that we talk about totally not caring about the closer, but a lot of them have had closers. 
for most of a season or even a full season. I mean, Andrew Kittredge, not long ago, he was a closer for all intents and purposes in Tampa. Gabe Kapler for the Giants, he's had closers. So I think it seems like Camilo Duvall is going to be their closer again. A lot of these teams that we really write off as locking in on committees, I think we often overstate that a bit. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, the next guy on my list, and I, I was, I, I kind of want to go with him, but it might be early. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm not even going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name into existence. Uh, although I did put him in my queue, and that's like as good as damaging there. But uh, we'll see about that. There's actually another guy I'm going to take that I just I mentioned earlier. I I would consider uh, Tony Gonsolin here. I mean. I understand the lack of K's are an issue, but my God, I mean, at what point, what regress to what, right? Uh, is always my thing. And he, he's like far and away, like the best remaining pitcher on my list. Who do you think is uh, fielding the ground balls that he generates this year after that unfortunate Gavin Lux injury? Well, someone better, actually. Rojas. True. Although Rojas True. is dealing with a foot of his own, foot issue of his own. So, I mean, I, as long as Taylor's not playing shortstop, I think we're fine. Yeah. Chris Taylor, uh, actually, Miguel Vargas for every single one of Gonsolin's starts. Yeah, well, Vargas is hurt too. I mean, the, the Dodgers are having a low-key, a terrible camp already. After a pretty unimpressive offseason too. Yep, and I, I had I heard wanna... like some scuttlebutt that they're kind of like, uh, we'll win 95 games, we'll be fine, and we'll, we'll, we'll be all in on Otani next, in this offseason. Um, I think there's been kind of like the, you know, look how much we spent and look where it got us. Um, so they're okay with that. Um, we'll see. Are they going to get Otani if they turn out to only win 85 and things go wrong? Who knows? I'm sure he's not going to make his decision based on one year. No, but if, still... if, you know, I, I think it's funny. I think money talks, I think, yeah. you know, and they're, they're going to offer him like the Hollywood sign. So they're going to be fine. Uh, I think they get him. by the way, this is an interesting run of middle infielders. Lau. Uh, Polanco, Baez, Estrada, all very good players and reasons why you might want to wait on middle infield. Um, but I got, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty happy to see all these guys go. Yeah, de definitely what you want in that range. I love Brandon Lau this year. I think people are forgetting how good he was before last year when he was a bit injured and when he was on the field, he was not at his best. But he actually, I think, cut his strikeout rate even in a down season. So I think there's some chance that if he's healthy this year, that he's a huge bargain. Yeah, I, I can see it there. Oh, there's uh, Gonsolin. There goes Gonsolin. That's twice now I've talked a guy into existence, and then he's gotten taken. I'm not. It's enough to almost get paranoid, but I'm the one that was the dumbass and decided to live stream this, so it's shame on me. Um, sure. You're going with your next pitcher on the board then, or are you going back So later? Okay, I am going to go with this. This is a little reachy. I'm going to go with a possible closer on a very bad team. Alex, Alex Lange, I don't even think he's been mm. named the closer yet, but he's clearly the best reliever in that bullpen, in my opinion. Uh, I like him. I like him, yeah. so we'll see. If he does get named the closer, this feels like where he should be going. Yeah, it's a little yeah. reaching. And like you said, there's nobody else. But losing Fairbanks like over. that hurt me yeah. a little bit. Um, Jose Leclerc might have been another option there. If he's you want in my queue. I might take yeah. a third. Um, and that's the thing. I waited on closer, so I might take I might take three, um, you know, and that, that's that's OK. Uh, and then if it, and getting a third and allows me a little latitude to just cut bait if they don't get named the closer a little quicker, perhaps, too. 
Right. What do you think I about Oscar Gonzalez there. just went here? Well, I know there's at least one person who really loves him, but I am not a big Oscar Gonzalez fan. The batted ball data was just pretty medium. That's and what Barrel uh, Rate was saying. The other day. I mean, yeah. so so who do we who do we think he is? He's a medium power. He hit it on the ground a lot. Uh, lunch angle five point four degrees. That's that is Eric Cosmer territory. He didn't strike out that much, but it's not like he had an elite strikeout rate either, just under 20%, and he didn't walk. So I don't really know what I'm supposed to be seeing there that's his standout skill. I think he might be just a completely fine hitter who does a lot of things well enough and carves out a good career. Maybe that strikeout rate will come down. It was a little bit lower in the minors, but I'm just seeing a guy who's who's fine, and I don't feel the need to move him up my board or really target him that heavily. I don't think he's a terrible pick, but I just don't know what, what it is that's carrying that profile. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel similarly. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I can say about that. I, I you, you kind of nailed it for me there. You're about to come up here again and you might get that one, two closer run here. Yeah, if I want to go that route. I mean, I, there's other guys I like here. I'm finding – see, there's a ton of starting pitchers I like here. This is instructive to why I want to make sure I fill up hitters early because I find plenty of pitchers that I like in this range. There are fewer hitters that I like in this range. And especially in the 12s too. Other people pushing up hitters means there's even more guys falling in this range. And you only need to like, you know, eight – however many of them you're going to end up with. So exactly. Exactly. So uh, Jordan Montgomery just went. Um, he's fine. He, I know a lot of, he has his partisans. I'm not really one yeah. of them, but I'm not against him either. Kind of a lefty younger Chris Bassett who went one pick before. Yeah. Fine all around. So I am probably going to go a hitter here, actually. Um, mm, that's not the hitter I wanted to take. That's the hitter I wanted to take. This guy. Mitch Haniger comes up higher in my rankings than I think I should have him. But I, don't, I look at his projection, I'm like, what, what's objectionable? Um, and when that's the case, I kind of just have to trust it a little bit. Yeah, the objections would be what the park and the health, but the skills, absolutely. And it's not like Seattle was a good park for him ever. Right, right. So he's, is this even a downgrade? I don't think it is. I think, I think maybe a little bit right. for power. I don't know. Yeah, I have to take a look, but the Mariners are right at the bottom on nearly everything. So Yeah, exactly. Jeffrey Springs goes right after. I love Jeffrey Springs. I think that was a good pick. When I when I thought about pitchers that I like in this range, he's one of them. Yeah, it depends. I guess at this late, it doesn't matter that he might get raised. He won nine games last year. Maybe he's not going to if he doesn't get the workloads that raise pitchers often give although he was regularly going five or six at least late in the year and that's all you need you don't need him to definitely go eight obviously you'd love more innings but as long as he goes deep enough to get wins the skill set's certainly there yeah that's an interesting Bryce Harper pick it is what do you think about it I haven't been doing it but I don't hate it if you're at a position where you are thinking about say taking a prospect He's basically a prospect. You're going to get him for half the year, and he's, he's probably going to be pretty good. But you know you're not going to get him right away. Yeah. It's just uh, a team construction perspective to 
eat up that spot on the bench and then a utility spot. So you really better have a lot of positional flexibility, versatility. You better be sure you're covered. But if you are covered, I mean, you're getting a pretty awesome bat down the stretch. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just I the lack of DL spots, IL spots, whatever you want to call them, that, that always kind of pushes me away. And yeah. I think in like LABR, you know, yeah. I think it's a lot more. Uh, I think it's a lot more of a viable strategy to stash them away. Um, here, I you can in the twelve team you can get away with the stash. I don't like doing in the fifteen teamer. Yeah, I think that that's fair enough. One one point that might make a stash more interesting this year is who else are you stashing? It seems like with the uh, new rules about rookies, teams are calling guys up right away. I feel like in previous years there was four or five guys that you knew weren't coming up until June, but you wanted them anyway. They were going to be good enough that you probably wanted to roster them from opening day. It seems like many of the guys this year are much more likely to be up there right away, and we're not having that whole run of guys who you are trying to grab now so you don't have to pay for them in fab later. So exactly. if you are the type who wants somebody like that in your roster, you're kind of looking at Bryce Harper this year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, there's, there's not too many others, although – we saw Tyler Glass now go. Uh, I think a couple turn uh, picks ago, a couple rounds ago, he might be in that category now. Um, he's good enough that, that the payoff is worth it. Worth like Gavin Lux, who got hurt today, and don't watch the injury if you don't want to see something gruesome. Yeah. Um, he, you know, the, where's the payoff? It's just not there. Um, whereas yeah. Glass, now there is a payoff. That's the difference. That's how we can distinguish that. I just added Lars Newtbar to the queue. Can't believe I didn't think yeah. about him earlier. He, he's, he's like a frequent, uh, I, I have him in, you know, a bunch of leagues, kept him in the XFL, which we did way back in November, you know, first pitch Arizona. Um, he, you know, he became like, he, he's, he's so, he became so trendy that there was counter trendy with him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's somebody that I probably would have grabbed in that Hanager spot myself. Although, it could definitely go wrong because the playing time in the Cardinals outfield in that whole roster, I mean, it's a crowded roster full Very. of a whole bunch of guys that don't have necessarily that many guys who are absolutely locked in after your, I guess, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmonds going to play somewhere. But a lot of guys who are totally good enough, but not definitely going to play. And I don't think Newt Barr definitely stands out on opening day. I, I'm happy drafting him and have drafted him already on the assumption that he's going to claim an everyday role by June, hopefully May, hopefully April. But it's it's a tough situation there, which I think is keeping his price from getting too high. Yeah. Um, Josh Bell just went two picks ago, three picks ago. I like Josh Bell in Cleveland a lot. Um, I think he he's the guy that won't kill your batting average, and he could drive in a ton of runs. Yeah, he, he fits that team, too, and then he just makes a ton of contact. Any switch hitting, I'm not sure why they seem to need every single switch hitter around. But right. It, right. It's worked well enough. Oh, Back hey, on the, the clock, clock here. Back on the chain gang. Uh, okay, going to go with a little swing for the fences with Dustin May. Ooh. What do you think? Interesting one. I mean, like you said, swing for the fences. We showed, we saw those flashes right before his Tommy John, which were some of the best Spencer Strider numbers in his five starts in 2021. We know that's in there. 37.6% strikeout rate in those five starts. 
it was not a very impressive return from Tommy John surgery, but I think we can probably write that off. The thing about we him, though, can, is right? Just, yeah, right? Like, you, you don't think things are going to go all that well in your first handful of starts. If they do, great, but certainly not the expectation. And then there's theoretically the Goldilocks zone, whatever they call it, the Tommy John window, where you're probably not going to get hurt again. So I think he's a, a good guy to take a chance on. It's certainly a chance, though, because he's just never had a full season. Do you know his career-high innings in a season? I do not. Tell me. 56 Woo! in 2020. So it's, it's lower even than you might think it is. Yeah. So it really is. Is that even like combining levels? Guy. Is that true? No. Okay. So I'm just talking about major league. He is not oh, yet okay. had an okay. established major league season. I, I should gotcha. be clear about that. Yeah. He had some seasons that look pretty normal in the minors certainly earlier in his career so i no no concerns about him eventually getting built back up from a workload standpoint it's just about the fact that he's not somebody who was a proven mlb starter that got hurt and now is coming back he was just breaking onto the scene when he got hurt so yeah adds an extra layer of risk but also means if things break right they could break very right yeah yeah, this is kind of a fun round. We're kind of dreaming on some players. Riley Green just went. Uh, I like my Riley Green. I would have considered him at that spot as well. Uh, could could be a lot of fun. Uh, people are taking some, a few chances here and there, and I like that. But uh, I, I, I didn't. Although I didn't like seeing Riley Green go because I would have taken him with my next pick. Yeah, Green back to back with Cody Bellinger's interesting talk about outfielders with some risks to their profile the just lack of a track record with green and a kind of mediocre rookie season but obviously after some injuries and then bellinger's probably got the biggest error bars of anybody right now exactly what are you looking for uh round 17 here looking for love in all the wrong places eric uh no uh i am up aren't i wow okay i'm gonna take tristan cassis i took him uh, uh yeah, on tuesday i'm gonna take him again today and you, you're locking up the young first baseman with elite plate skills. 20% yeah. walk rate from Cassis as a rookie. Granted, 95 plate appearances, but that, that'll catch your eye for sure. So, you know, we use some three-year weighted averages as a starting point, and then we boost for playing time, adjust for context, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and someone was yelling at me because I projected too many walks for Cassis. I'm like, have you looked at what he does? I mean, this I is what he does. can project too many walks for Cassis. Yeah. Uh, now... I, I don't want to project project too many uh, positive things against left-handed starters, uh, but right. uh, and that that's a concern, obviously. But oh, man, I I think I think he's kind of a poor man's Vinny P, and you know, at a, you know, certainly a lot cheaper than Vinny P. Yeah, I, some questions. How elite is his power going to end up? I'm seeing future seventies on his raw power and game power over at Fangraphs, but I'm not seeing any huge power numbers at any extended stop in the minors. Although I guess he hasn't necessarily had extended stops in the minors, 13 homers in 77 games at double a in 2021, 11 homers in 72 games last year. There is maybe some worry that he is going to just not hit a lot of homers, despite maybe hitting the ball hard is launch angle last year in that very small sample was very low 2.2 degrees. But you know, how much are we reading into 27 games for that kind of thing? Right, I think in this range of the draft, getting guys with some clear skills and youth and prospect pedigree, I think you can handle some clear weaknesses next to those. Yeah, I think so too. 
So uh, Reed Detmers just went. Uh, a lot of people, smart people like him. All the best people. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. And he's got one very good game. The rest of his numbers were pretty mediocre by I the thought, end of the year, but he's young. too. I thought he showed some signs in September, I thought, that he was, you know, after the send down and came back up, that he was uh, he was a lot stronger. By the way, Seiya Suzuki is another fits into the stash category there. Yeah. After the news about his oblique and not pulling out of the uh, WBC. Uh, another potential uh, for uh, opportunity for uh, some cheap stashing there. Yeah, waiting on the results of imaging was our latest note on him from this afternoon. So maybe yep. there's some chance that it doesn't go poorly, but not optimistic. Right, exactly. Grayson Rodriguez still out there round Just 17. Went. I guess 17 in a 12 is maybe not that much of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I when he goes, I'm like, uh, I probably should have done that, but I was I was focused on hitting at that point in time. Uh, I mean, he could be a top 100 player, or he could get. 97 innings you know that's that's the that's the range with him i think he's going to be very good it's just a question of when yeah and i i haven't i've got him some places but i haven't pushed him necessarily that much because i think you can get something similar with andrew painter several rounds later in terms of elite starter who has a good chance to debut pretty soon and maybe even right away i think rodriguez is more certain to be debuting right away but they're pretty similarly talented and I, I think Rodriguez I'd be fine with, but you have to pay much more for him than Painter. Well, I guess we'll see where Painter ends up going in this draft. But Yep. Yep, I think that's right. Um, by the way, Edward Cabrera just went, and a lot of smart people are all over Edward Cabrera. Um, I don't know if he wins that job, but, man, a uh, lot of people love him. Yeah, he walked a lot of guys last year, 11.3% but still had an ERA of three and had a lot of prospect pedigree before he came up. Like you said, not, not sure about the job though, because I'm also a Braxton Garrett fan. I think Braxton Garrett's numbers last year were very interesting. Yeah. I think at this stage of the year, I think I'm fine drafting either of them. I think all six of the Marlin starters have a good shot at 20 starts this year, whether that's through using a six man rotation early or just somebody's going to get hurt at some point. Yeah, I kind of wish they didn't sign Johnny Cueto. He's kind of the fly in the ointment. Yeah, that that was a weird one. I guess if they didn't do that, then they might sell a Pablo Lopez. Uh, yep. I'm not sure if that ends up as a better team, but that, he was definitely not 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 the landing spot I would have guessed for Cueto. Yeah, um, I was a little surprised by that, but and, I mean the fact is they traded away Pablo Lopez to go get Luis Arias, and uh, you know I kind of thought they overpaid for Arias. Uh, I think he's going to get. You know, I don't think he's going to play 150 games. You know, they they protected him a lot by playing him at first and DH a lot. And if he has to play second base on a regular on the regular, I don't think that's that's a good result for Arias. And you know, then again, Lopez gets hurt all the time too. So I mean, I guess there, there's there's a trade off there. Right. Not not the part of the draft where it matters, but Arias at second base and no more shift is definitely contributing to me being a little bit down on Sandy Alcantara this year. If you ground balls are part of your yeah. game. And- and that's yeah, it's a good point. This year. I am a little bit behind the pack. There. Might make you more bullish on drafting Arias uh, in terms of batting average. If it's possible for him to even have, be a better batting average profile, well, there you go. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he's hitting 360 this year. We'll see. Yeah. Career 314 hitter. We don't get much, many of those these days. No, not so much. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so we'll see. Uh, 
you know, going on with, with him there. Um, Loriano just went Benintendi. Eh. I am nonplussed by Andrew Benintendi. I, I made that point clear on the podcast. What does he do that's so good? Why Why did the White Sox spend so much money and so many years on Andrew Benintendi? Yeah, I did not get that one either. I think he's a competent major league player, but it's been several years since he's been an impact guy, unless you really think that you're going to buy into his 300 hitting every year, but I, I don't think there's any reason to. Yeah. Back to right. you here. You've alternated pitcher and hitter. Are you keeping up the pattern here, or are you going hitter again? I'm going to go hitter again. Um, I'm going to Schwindel myself. Do you know what that means? Joey Manessa's time? It does. That, very good. Very good. I'm going to do it. I do it again. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of Manessas yet, uh, but I'm going back to that well. I just, I'm an idiot, maybe. I don't know. Um, he's just so good. He gets first. He was so good last year, first in outfield eligibility. He's not a total slug running wise. And I mean, he could get 25 to 30 homers. That's still plausible. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy when, to, to think about risk in general. There, there's two types of risk right there. There's, or, or or regression, I guess. There's mm-hmm. the guys who clearly didn't deserve what they did last year, and all their underlying numbers say he's fallen back to earth. And there's the guys who really did actually hit the ball very hard, but they've just never done it before. And right. he's in that second category. Where he, he didn't deserve everything he had last year, for sure. There was some BABIP help, 371 BABIP over a small sample. But he definitely showed that he was a good hitter. Strikeout rate a little bit better than league average. Barrel rate right around 10%. I mean, that that's a good bat. And so if you believe that he earned what he did in those 56 games, there's definitely potential for profit if he's just basically that guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was my approach. Um, that's why I got him. So there you go. Uh, some pitchers that I like going by the boards now. Uh, the Grays, John and Sonny. I like them both. Uh, I don't like Flaherty, but then again, the price is fine. Uh, with that, I, a 12. yeah, I can't object too much with that. Um, I just think shoulder, I'm just done with Flaherty. I mean, I get frustrated with his usage, but the price was definitely right. Yeah, I think Patrick Sandoval is a good pitcher, like that one. Interesting to see him two rounds after Reed Detmer's his teammate there. Yeah, yeah, eh, wow, that that flew by there pretty quickly. It's a, quite, a, quite a fast draft tonight yeah as always the you know the nfbc folk get it done i gotta say no uh they are not um all right let's go for uh let's embrace the unknown here i want to go a little senga here i like it we got got some kodai senga fans in the chat as well some pretty excellent numbers for him in japan i mean it's, I think a lot of people are scared to draft anybody coming over from Japan, but we have pretty good data on these guys, and it's a very good league, and he was awesome. Uh, 2.59 ERA for his career, strikeout rate just over 28%. Last year, he had a 194 ERA. I, mean, I think we can trust that he's very good. I think, I think some people view these players coming over from Japan and Korea as more unknowns than I think I do, and I think... Mm-hmm. Clearly talented and excellent park, excellent team situation. I like that pick. Yeah. So the, the thing I uh, thing I like too is I, I'm more inclined to take a chance on Japanese pitcher than I am hitter. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, there, the, 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 though, I do think that WHIP is an issue. I think walk rate is an issue. 
I think pitch they have an arsenal that umpires, major league umpires aren't used to seeing, and they they don't get calls on occasion. So that does worry me a little bit. But aside from that, I, I there's a lot of things to like. Sound like you say Kikuchi's agent there. It's oh, definitely God. not his fault that he's walking all those guys. But I, I think you make a great point there about trusting the pitchers because pitchers have more control over what's going on. They, they just have to throw their pitch. The yeah. hitters they're facing are harder, but they're still doing the same thing. Whereas hitters, they're seeing pitches that they haven't seen before if they jump up a level. So maybe Masataka Yoshida is elite at making contact with NPB level arsenals, but they're tougher here. I think that it's a little bit tougher to make the prediction on that transfer of skills than it is for pitcher where, you know, if you throw 97 with this much movement, you know, then you're going to keep throwing 97 with that much movement, whatever yep. your arsenal might be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at there. And, yeah, it, you know, Senga might not get strikes called. I'm wondering pace-wise how he's going to do. Well, I, I don't know. That's that's a black box for me. I don't know. Like, I don't watch any NPB, so I don't know. Like, how, do they have a pitch clock? Do they tend to go slower, faster? Is he going to be bothered by the new rules more or less? I don't know. Dang it, Gabriel Moreno just went. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, and you're you're running out of options for that second catcher. No, there's options, but Ohop and and Moreno were two targets for me, and I waited. You know, I, you know that's what happens when you wait. I get it. Uh, but yeah, that, that, those, those were good picks and Finnegan's a nice, uh, interesting one too. Cause he does have the job. Uh, I'll give him that. So yeah, but uh, yeah, you know what? I like Hunter Harvey late in draft champions leagues, but Kyle Finnegan is the closer for now. It seems. Yeah. It seems like it there. Uh, so a lot, a lot of different things that are interesting there, but yeah, Moreno, I think it's going to be so good. I just think it's, is it this year or is it next year? Right. Um, but he's going to be good. I have no doubt in my mind. I have other catcher targets. I have three other catchers I could go with here, so I'm I'm fine. Moreno uh, seems somewhat Kybert Ruizy to me. He makes a ton of contact, doesn't hit that hard, but he's just made a ton of contact at pretty much every stop. So I think yeah. there's a good chance that both those guys settle in as hitting in the 270s or better. Moreno's already projecting to hit. Every single projection system has him between 270 and 274, and that's a catcher with 73 major league plate appearances. So yeah. pretty confident in that skill there. Shamanaya goes four rounds earlier than he would have, but for his spring training outing over the the other day, where he was throwing with so much more velocity, um, got love to see it there. Yeah, I, I already liked him as a bounce back candidate, and now I'm not going to get him as often as I would have otherwise. So that's too bad. Yeah, but you're up again already. Speaking of moving fast, yeah, exactly. What are we looking so, at here, I'm looking at first of all, I'm catching up on my tool because I was blabbing too much and not entering picks, but uh, you know that's okay. Uh, people are drafting quickly and I, that, that's, that's good for a draft. And it, 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 one thing is when you do draft quickly, it puts other people on the defensive, but I had this guy in my queue. I, it's I think it's time to take the chance on Trevor Rogers. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Bounce back at the very end of last year. And then it got ruined by, he had to leave the team. Was it for personal reasons, family reasons or something late, late in the year? Yeah, Is that, I'm mixing up two years ago, and that this year. I think you. I think you are mixing up two years ago, but yeah, it doesn't matter. That's what it was. This, this year, he had a. He did end his season in mid September with lat discomfort, which cut short what seemed like him finally figuring things out. I mean, a pretty bad several months. Completely lost his changeup. Seemed like which was his main pitch, but he's so young and he's been 
quite good not very long ago, and it looked like he was getting back there. I think he could be one of the steals of the draft if he stays in this range. Yep. Uh, like Garrett Mitchell just went, I liked him before he had the two homers the other day, but, uh, you know, I like the, I like the speed option there. If you're looking for late speed, I like that. Shea Langoliers just went, you know, you're thinking like, okay, late catcher, just be aware. He's not a catcher yet. Was he one of your three? Was he enough of a catcher? No, I was going to take him, uh, there because I didn't want to have to wait. Um, but he's, I mean, he could be good. He could be very good, but I, I, he's another, he's like a year away from me. Yeah, I don't feel the need to sit on a catcher who isn't catcher eligible and will play for Oakland once he eventually gets that eligibility. Exactly. I feel like if in that range, I'm just finding other targets. Yeah. Uh, so, scroll it up again so that people can see the latest few picks. Absolutely. I'd love to. It'd be uh, super fun. Uh, Andrew, oh, and Painter comes. Andrew Painter. Yeah. Uh, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, and that's a 243. Pick. I think in a, in a 12, that's fine. But yep. it's, it is early. I, it's I early had in had 15, him in the, it's just fine yeah, in a 12. I think it's fine. I, I had had him in about the 280s, and I was getting him there, and I'm not getting him there anymore, I don't think. Yep, exactly. Jonah Heim just went. That's fine. Is this, is this time to solve your second catcher? Are you going? No, elsewhere? the three are still there. The Erickson oh. three are still there, so I'm going to wait. Um, I'm going to go with an actual DH at DH. I don't know. You know who that is? Did I miss Martinez going by? I don't think I did. There you go. Yep. JD Martinez. Um, I don't love doing it, but in a 12, I feel like I can get away with it again. Um, the other yeah, thing. Just trying to look at it. If you have much positional flexibility, not a ton. Manessis and Andrew Vaughn, are they, they're both first base outfield. So you yep. want to just make sure you have enough if you're going to go with the UT sure. only. But So I'm going to have to get another outfielder for sure on my reserves, but I always do. Um, I, I feel like I, I drafted so many early middles that I'm not worried about carrying an extra middle, especially in a 12. So I'll, I'll leave that. That spot is still like reserved for, you know, I, I can still get another pitcher there. I typically like to have four or five pitchers on my reserve, uh, my seven man reserve uh, after the draft, after draft day, uh, that, that composition can change in season, but I like having the extra streaming options, the extra lottery tickets as, as possible closers. Sometimes I'll even have like six pitcher reserves. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go up to six as well. I mean, you, you use the pitchers on your bench. You don't really use the hitters on your bench nearly as much unless there's some sort of extreme park or handedness situation. Pretty mm-hmm. often I find throughout the year you have your preferred lineup and your bench hitters are there for when your preferred guys get hurt. Whereas your pitchers, it's just, hey, I got to pick the best nine of these 14 guys this week. So I'd, I'd exactly. definitely try to get as many pitchers on the bench as possible. Would you think you're going to go with one more hitter on the bench because of drafting J.D. Martinez, or do you don't think you have to do that? Uh, I, I don't think I have to do that, but um, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I'm going to get an outfielder. I'll definitely right. get another outfielder. because uh, That's the last hitter spot aside from catcher that I didn't, that I haven't filled anyhow. So, uh, but otherwise I'm just going to be taking a lot of uh, pitcher lottery tickets here. Right. Some interesting ones. I like Alex Cobb who just went, I think he was one of the guys who throughout most of last year, all the ERA estimator said things were about to get far better. And then they did. Yep. I think he's, it's pretty good value where he's going this year. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Kelnick homers twice or the weekend. Now he goes at pick two fifty. 
See the uh, outfielder before. you were going to take? No, um, but I, I get it. But I wasn't close to him. Yeah, I think he's good as a yeah outfielder five. I think absolutely I'm happy to be taking a chance on him where his price is this year, knowing full well that I'm probably going to be dropping him on April 15th. But I think the price is fine. I mean, when, when you're in the 20s, 20th round, I think you're already at a place where it's fine taking a guy who you know you might drop. Exactly. Um, I do have one hitter in mind I might take next if he gets to me. If not, then I've got another pivot. What do you think about Brian De La Cruz? Just went, he's been trendy. Yeah, and but so has Jesus Sanchez among some people. So yes. I'm not fully in until I see a little bit more of an edge for De La Cruz, I guess. And the skills are far from complete with him. He hit the ball very hard last year, barrel rate near 12%, but pretty terrible plate skills guess you can draw some similarities to Oscar Gonzalez, who we were talking about before, except that he hits it harder and strikes out more. Was there some big late season run? I'm pretty sure. Is that what's driving the De La Cruz? I think so. Buzz? Yeah, I think so, because he's not guaranteed to start. Right. In fact, he's not listed as a starter right now in a lot of places. Here, here's your big late season run. I'm not. This looks like 23 games from September 9th to the end of the year. He had 390, 422, 732, six homers. So I don't, I don't know if I want to react too much to that month for a guy who doesn't even fully have a job and plays in a very tough park. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, when you're in this range, you're looking for a guy who has some reason to recommend him. And I guess he clears that bar. Yeah, exactly. I hit put in the wrong Brendan at second base. Uh, Brendan Donovan just went. I put in Rogers for him there. Donovan there. There would be your added positional flexibility if you had oh, wanted yeah. to pair him with Martinez. He's got <laughs> yeah. the best kind of eligibility too. Corner, middle, and outfield. Exactly. Um, just a question of playing time again, but yeah. Right. And the fact that he's going to hit 280 with three homers and two steals. But The Cardinals love him though. They just yeah. love him. He, he, they had a hot streak that coincided with him playing a little bit more. Right. Urias Soler and okay, these are good picks here. I think uh, Soler is a nice again. little buy low. Nick Gordon's an interesting one. Yep, this is the Marlins run, I guess. Yeah, I'll have to put an end to that. I I I, I hit my uh, my limit on Marlins right. um, already. It with should Rogers. be pretty low. Yes, um, I. I'm going to go with the guy that I took again on Tuesday, last Tuesday. This covers infield and outfield eligibility a little bit. We'll go Christopher Morrell. Come on down. Huge Christopher Morrell fan over here. Probably too much for my own good. Yeah, good. I like it. I like it there. I like the uh, rat. I, I like being ratified with my decision. Yeah, so Sarah Sanchez was a fan of him too, right? You were yep. just talking to her on the podcast the other day. Correct. Good. He's. Uh... Your classic four-tool guy, right? He's got everything except for the hit tool, but he came up so quickly and is still so young. He almost skipped AAA. He didn't actually play any triple games, AAA games last year, just nine the year before. So if you're looking for a guy who might sort out that missing tool, I think there's reason to believe he'll get at least a little better there. He didn't really have great strikeout numbers in the minors, but he hit the ball very hard last year and he can run and he can play all over the diamond. I'm not worried about him not having a job 
on opening day. I think the 10th man, if you are as flexible positionally as Morel is, he's going to play plenty. I think he could play four or five times a week, even when the Cubs are at full strength and he's one injury away from starting basically everywhere on the diamond. So, yeah, I'd agree with all that. So, and and he is a reserve for me right now. So I've got that Mm. going for me, which is nice. Is he not your last outfielder? No, my last outfielder was one Joseph oh, Manessis. Yes. Right. Um, and, and then JD was my UT, and uh, there's, there's a very unlikely chance that he, regain, he gains outfield eligibility this year, regains it. I think he's probably done ever having that again, but we'll see. Maybe they'll need him at shortstop. <laughs> Maybe. Chris Taylor for life there. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you're back up again. Travis Darno just went if you wanted that second catcher. You okay, that was one of the, the glorious three. All right. But, um, go there. Yeah, I think I'll go there maybe. Otherwise, you're looking at loading up on the late pitchers. Most right, likely. I'm gonna go, this guy gets no love at all. I'm going to take Christian Vasquez. Gets love from Todd Zola. Yeah. Just the epitome of a solid, not gonna get in your way catcher. Gonna play a lot and gonna have a fine batting average. Yep. Not gonna hit a lot of homers, but he's gonna hit some. And then sometimes he'll steal you some bases. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm looking at there. So, barring like a windfall of a player slipping to me, I'm probably going all pitchers to finish here. There might be, there's one hitter, but. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to do it, but we'll see. Um, and that will leave that. you with the six pitchers on the bench, right? Yep. And, and then Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Yeah. And I might, I, there, there's one other hitter I might take. I might think about taking another corner because I am light in corner, um, at least at light at third base. But ugh, third base is just pretty gnarly. There, there's, there's, there's a reason why you don't wait on third base and why everybody's pushing up like Arenado to the second round and things like that. I get it. Yeah, I love to leave every draft with at least two guys at every position, but there's no need to draft someone who isn't better than the guys on the waiver wire. So Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. Are you uh, looking to add a third closer or a closer spec, or is it mostly yes. just going to be streaming starter options the rest of the um, I've got one guy in my queue. Um and then I got a lot of starters in my queue. We'll see. Probably just one reliever on the bench then. Yeah. I I am really putting the theory that there are saves coming in the league a lot with uh in a twelve, but there there is one guy I want to get. And it's also saves coming into the league for a league that drafts in February. I guess it's now February twenty eighth in central time here. Um but we just you know, there, we know every year there's going to be shifting in the back of bullpens. There's going to be apparent committees that turn into real closer jobs by the end of March. Right. So there, there's definitely there's going to be at least one guy I bet who might not even get drafted, but who ends up getting oh know, four of his team's first five saves. Hundred percent happens every year. I mean, we'll have to read the tea leaves pretty carefully there, but. Um, yeah, and it, it, it is kind of interesting. By the way, we're seeing catchers go off the board here. Grandall right. was my other one that I was looking at. Haas, is, Haas went deep today off of Severino. Um, right. He's going to play a lot. So that, that could also be another interesting one there. So 
some interesting catchers still late. That's why I didn't, I wasn't that concerned when a couple catchers went earlier. It's like, I still have like guys I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might've looked at Grindall in that spot, but he's a tough one. It kind of depends on how much risk you're looking for from your catcher too. Well, like and the way I spot it is, doesn't work out, you just drop him. But I have a lot of batting average to the downside sort of guys already. Yes, and that's why I decided to go Vasquez over him. I mean, Grandall could have a huge bounce back and have a lot of uh, power, and that that could that could be uh, that could be a mistake not to go with him. But I just thought like two hundred two is also possible too with a lot of at bats. One fifty two or something. Didn't he have a year? Just a couple years ago, where he was in the mid ones, very late in the year, but was, he was last positive year, hitter. Was yeah. was that even just last year? Yeah, last year was ugly. So many was, walks. Yeah, two years ago he walked twenty three percent of the time. Yeah, which but, was yeah, great if you're in Tout Wars, you're playing OBP, true. like you're going to be doing in the true. NL this year, right? But, yeah, I got to get in that mindset. Oh, it's 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 a changer. It's tough to kind of recalibrate on the fly. You got to do your prep work ahead of time. There, when you, yeah. Play, you know, always always reminder to know your league specs. Yep. Got it. Definitely feel comfortable with the values heading in and everything. Um, league specs for this one? Did you? It's twelve twelve team standard, basically everything. So it's pretty basic. The possible exception of just the overall contest. I mean, other than and that, I it, guess the, uh, it's... the Friday lineup change for hitters, yep. but that's, that's rarely something that you really draft around. Yeah. It can make a difference for like Coors Field and not a whole lot else, though. Yeah. At least and, and the Rockies hitters are so damn are just so damn bad that, True. you know, I mean, like Brendan Rogers just when he could be good. Blackman just went this round. There's one more that I'm looking at that could be OK, but yeah. It's 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 interesting times there. Well, back to you again. Got, oh, got hey. some pictures lined up. Yeah, so this is the relief spec I'm taking, and I'm probably sending a fairly mid, low min pick on him, possibly, but I don't want to take a chance, and I'm going any farther. And that's Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, got some um, talent, and there's uh, unfortunately wide open pitching staff in in Chicago right now. Yep, and I'm sure it's kind of reachy, but I, I don't care. I, I want to make sure I get my guy. And I think we're at get my guy portion of the draft. Yeah, I mean, if it's the reserve rounds, absolutely. I guess the only thing that might make Lopez less exciting is there was that note today that the White Sox aren't talking about having a set closer until Liam Hendricks is able to pitch again. Right. But that that's one thing to say that in February and another to act that way. I think there's every chance Lopez looks like he deserves the role and ends up with most of the saves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if he doesn't, well, we're at a point there. I don't think it's going to kill me. Yep. Yeah. I don't really don't need to think about downside too much after pick whatever it is. And this stage in the reserve rounds, I just, you're looking for somebody who, if it goes right, you're really happy you had them. And if it goes wrong mm-hmm. and you can drop them on April 15th, that's almost even a positive because then you know you have a roster spot open for that next guy you like to pick up. Exactly. Exactly. So I am stacking a bunch of starters in my queue now, and we'll see what happens with them. But we're actually getting some attrition there. Like, 
I, I see Frankie Montas creeping up in the ADP. It's like, okay, right. don't draft Grant, don't draft Frankie Montas, guys. You know, he he's not pitching. He's hurt. Don't get stuck with that. Uh, Suarez just went. Tyon just went. Okay, so everybody else seems to be in the same Eflin. sort of. What's that? And Steele and Eflin too. A, lo- a lot of guys who uh, you know, not, not a lot of the elite strikeout guys at this stage, but some solid ratio guys probably. Eflin got paid. And that, yeah. that one's interesting. Makes me say, "What the Eflin, man!" Uh, but I, I definitely had him on my list. I was a guy I was thinking about coming in here. Steele's another one, although he popped up on the injury report too. So, yep. uh, what I mean, did Eflin have? had his injuries last year? I was kind of surprised that the Rays decided he was the guy to commit long term to. But talent's yeah. there. We spent some time talking about Ronzi Contreras. I'm kind of out on him. Um, I, I understand there's upside there, but I just nonetheless, I just wasn't there for him. None of the flashes so far have been amazing from him. I think yeah. he's a fine young talent, but he hasn't done anything to show that he has to be the guy I prioritize. And I'm going so super you got here with your uh, 30 seconds. Super boring starting pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. It's pretty good value for as long as he stays on the mound, right? And he, yep. didn't he stay on the mound for basically all of last year, 29 starts. Yeah. Do you tend to fill out your last few starters here? Are you looking for solid guys? Oh, it's a mix. I want to look. I want some upside chances, and I want some guys that I know have the job. Like you know, because that first half week, you know, that first week where you know the fifth starters get skipped, there's off days. You want to make sure you got nine guys that are going right. Right. So I always want at least a couple of those that I know that at least have a job. And Carrasco's interesting there because he has this ability of having a job, but he also is somewhat of a high-variance guy because of his injury history. I think he'd be going higher if he didn't have that injury history. I think he looked at just his skills. I don't exactly. think you'd get him in round 25. So yeah, it's a way to get some of that upside while still having some early, at least early season job security. Exactly. Aaron Savali, though, going right after him is a name that I have been drawn to on a lot of drafts. See one of those guys who was just way better in the ERA estimators. Yeah, he went 492 ERA last year, but FIP over a run better than that and the other ERA estimators even in like the mid threes. Interesting. So we're looking at probably five more starting pitchers for you the rest of the way. Is that what we're thinking about? Uh, Do I have five spots left? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, at least I might take one more hitter. I, I will see. Uh, at least four more, though. Kind of see how this fleshes out. See how my targets go. But yeah, I I will take a three to four more here for sure. It's looking over your hitter roster. Are you happy with the category balance and everything? You feel like you got good amount of speed, power, average? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not seeing any obvious flaws. Yeah, You're, you kind of got there with some extreme. Guys, guys like Eugenio Suarez who go all in in one direction, but I might be a little light on speed to be honest. Yeah, let's judge maybe less than 10. Semyon is speed, Lindor is some speed, Garcia is some speed though. So when you got those three right rounds three to five, you're not going to be very light. Stephen Kwan, some speed, Christopher Morel, good speed if he you know plays regularly. So I, I would agree that you're probably a little light, but I don't think it's a, a major hole. Exactly. That's that's kind of the way I feel. 
By the way, all of our uh, podcasts are hosted on the Blue Wire Network. We always uh, play a couple of their ads. We're going to do it right here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for your indulgence on that. Uh, always happy to be on the Blue Wire Network. Um, all right, so we're in round 25. We just saw Brandon Marsh go. Uh, this is the first time I haven't had Brandon Marsh in a while. I, I've been getting a lot of him. Uh, a guy that I know is getting guaranteed playing time that has some speed upside. He's available late. Yeah, we talked about him briefly on XM when I was on for that Phillies preview. There's not like a lot in his skill set that he's shown in the majors so far that gets you very excited, but definitely some speed and not a total zero in power way too many whiffs, but because he has that speed, he actually hasn't yet run a terrible batting average. He's a 248 hitter for his career, uh, mm-hmm. which is a shock from a guy who has a 34 and a half percent strikeout rate. So I think in, in this territory, I think he's a, a fine pick, not an exciting one, but I think he's going at the right place. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I something about the algorithm has them very light on terms of uh my ranking, but I don't. I, I it's changed. I might I must have. I, I talking through uh target uh just troubleshooting here. I may have to take a look at his projection after the draft, see what I have on him because I thought it. You know, thought I had a pretty decent projection for him. Well, do you have him starting against lefties? Might be part of it. Maybe. If the team goes with Edmundo Sosa, who they were even trying out in center field, or Dalton Guthrie. I mean, the, the right-handed 
center fielders are not exactly proven in Philadelphia. So even if he's right, even if Brandon Marsh isn't much of a bat, he still might play there anyway because the team needs his glove. Yeah, especially because they have two lamp posts in the outfield, so right. uh, in the corner outfield spot. So uh, he he they need a real center fielder, and he is that at least. We know that that's one of the things that speaks in his favor. All right, time for me to get a starting pitcher. Boring veteran Ross Stripling, come on down. We'll have a boring veteran in a team that has turned boring veterans into something more than more than boring, less than boring. I'm not sure yeah. the correct way to say that. It's getting a bit late out here in Chicago. Getting but, a little punchy, yes. <laughs> uh, of all the teams for a boring veteran to go to, I'd yep. take the Giants for sure. Yeah, I love the landing spot. I like the uh, when Alex Cobb went earlier. He uh, you mentioned how he kept on like he was underperforming his estimators until he didn't. Then he came on really strong in the second half, and like that was like Fred Zinke's hobby horse. He kept on flogging that one, and I think you know not you know Giants are pretty good at working with pitchers like that. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I remember Cobb Cobb after seven starts last year. Not that it's all that relevant at this stage of the draft, but a 6.25 ERA and a 2.73 WHIP after seven starts. So you you can have some pretty big gaps early. Important to not overreact. Exactly. Interesting. Lance McCullers. Do you think he's elite enough to be worth stashing until this injury goes away? If it goes away. I mean, not really. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just that, that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, long answer short. Yes, no, I don't think so. Good. You went with two older starters. Are you going with a another old guy? Is that top of your queue? Or are you looking at some young up? We got one here? old, one young. So we'll see what happens. See if one of see what comes. You want to make up some names that you're definitely not drafting to throw off to everybody listening. I'm not taking JP Sears here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bartolo Cologne. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, let's see. We're, I'm trying to find where I have. Oh, there's Eduardo Rodriguez, Erod. Just found somebody I want to add to my queue, though. So there is that. I can read my t- my keystrokes there. I'm in trouble, but otherwise yeah. we're good. Well, you're up again here. Yeah, that was fast. Um, Scott Jenstad doesn't like this one as much as I do, but I'm going to go with him anyhow. Go Kyle Bradish. Definitely has his fans, and I think that I I've been liking him because he's one of those guys where even if he doesn't get a whole lot better in the skills department, the ERA estimators said that he deserved much better. He had a 4.90 ERA as a rookie. Yeah, but even if he just jumps back to the estimators, which are sitting in the low fours, that's that's most of the way. Strikeout and walk rates are both like a little bit worse than league average, but not by a lot. And you mix that with an above average ground ball rate, so that seems like a fine starting pitcher to me. And that's if he makes no steps forward. If you look at some of his minor league numbers, really elite strikeout and walk rates. So if you're drafting him, expecting fine back end starter, but knowing that hey, he might be something else, I think he's a good value. Yep, kind of way I look at it. What do you about think about Hayden Wesneski? Just went. Yeah, he's, he's similar, right? In that, well, yep. similar in that he's unproven, and that it seems that there's definitely going to be something there. Just a question of how much more 
Except the difference there is his minor league numbers weren't quite as amazing, especially with the Yankees before the trade. 351 ERA at the AAA level with pretty mediocre strikeout and walk numbers underneath. But it seems like everybody smart who knows pitchers and looks at stuff loves Wisniewski. And it seems like he's got a shot to open the year in the rotation. Kyle Hendricks is not going to be there right away. And if Wisniewski pitches well enough, if he to earn that shot and then pitches well enough to keep it, I mean, you could well get 28 starts out of him. They might be pretty good. Yep. Uh, might, might indeed. Um, I don't think anybody being available right now is mind blowing. I'm just saying, I'm just going to say that uh, right now in a 12 team draft with a lot of range and some, uh, a slew of unproven guys. I don't think that any of this are necessarily mind blowing. I think they all could be useful guys. All could be handy. I think that's overstating the case called mind blowing though. Agreed on that one. Although Mackenzie Gore, I think among that group, he's in my queue. The most interesting name there. Just, it hasn't ever gone smoothly for him, but when he did show those flashes last year, they were quite good. It looked like he was getting shockingly close to being the guy who he was before everything went wrong for a few years. Yep. So I definitely like him as an upside play in this range. Yep. I like Gore, though. Colos just went. He has his partisans. Yeah, and he is one that I've been surprised by how mediocre some of his projections were. Uh, looking at his WRC plus and the projections, a lot of them are the bat has him in the high 80s. The highest are 105. Seems like the computers don't think that he's going to do much yet, and I guess that's probably because of his pretty bad plate skills. Although maybe I'm getting thrown off by his 36% strikeout rate in a tiny sample of seven AAA games. But right. his strike and walk numbers throughout the minors weren't great, but everything else looks pretty good. So I I guess he's had one professional season. Yeah, had one professional season uh, on this continent. So I mean, he's well, I should say in in, uh, in American baseball, he has you know some Cuban experience, some J- right. Japanese experience, but there, there's not a lot of track record to go on. Right. So he definitely fits the pattern of if you want to bet on somebody to be much better than the projections, absolutely bet on a guy who the projections just have less data to go on. Right. Somebody went Gavin Lux, I guess at this stage, you might as well. If somehow it turns out to not be that bad, hey, you got a good player. Yeah. I can't can't see that happening, but Yeah, I, I hear you. So Mitch Keller, Taylor Rogers just went. Yeah. Would have been pretty excited to get Mitch Keller very late last year. And then it kind of was okay. Not entirely sure how to view him heading into this year. It's been so many years of oh, Mitch Keller. It did something. I think I still have him in our uh NL keeper league that we're in together. Mm-hmm. He didn't hurt you last year. No, he didn't help me either. No, I'm in that league. Three three ninety one ERA last year yeah. with some strikeouts, but not a lot. All right, I think this guy hung around for a while. I'm going to take my last hitter. Um, I need another shortstop, like I need a hole in my head, but I'm taking Ezekiel Tovar. Some some stolen base upside, cores upside, and just kind of embracing the unknown. If it doesn't work out, he's an easy cut. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this stage of the draft. 
are we even 100% sure that he's starting on the big league roster? It seems like no. it, just based on their lack of other options. So I would be worried because it's the Rockies, but looking at their roster, it sure seems like he's going to play. We don't yeah. know how well he's going to play, but he's going to play in cores. So. Right. And it's the 28th round. It's, it's time. Exactly. Yeah, weird, though, to see the Rockies call up a 20-year-old last year. Maybe it just turned 21. The Rockies are always weird. That's one of the things. You can't count on them to be logical. The, the Daniel Bard that. thing last year. They, how they didn't trade him. Right. Just outra- it's not outrageous, but it's just dumb. Just dumb. I mean, they're not trying to win, but they're not. They're trying not to lose. And I don't know. There's some loyalty. And people don't show up to show see a closer, for crying out loud. A, a very good human interest story. But come on. Yeah, you generally, maybe you don't trade your guys who've been there for a long time because you're going to make the fans really sad. But like, a, I feel like fans almost always understand trading the reliever, cashing right. in on him for prospects. And, and this is a franchise that's, that and this is a franchise whose brand is pissing on the fan base. True. I mean, so maybe that's why they did it, kind of keep up the reputation. I mean, Arenado and Story, the way they treated those two. I mean, yeah. Well, at least they got to pay Arenado while he had an excellent season. Yes, that, they, they handled that one really bang up job there. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's the Padres that are a problem messing up baseball. Come on. True. The big, big market Padres just outspending everybody. Yeah. I like that late Nolan Gorman dart. <laughs> Who do you got here? I like Almost the Obert pick too. That was top of my queue. Um, I like Bailey Ober, although he could start the year of the minors. I'll take another guy that could start the year in the minors instead. Take Brian Bayo. What was the latest on his injury? I'm just looking at our forearm here. Complete forearm. bullpen session. Yeah, forearm, forearm and complete okay. bullpen session with no apparent issues. You like to hear that? Yeah, love to hear that. Um, I like him. I like I, I like the upside there. I understand the risks. the 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 whole team is like this, just soup of risks i don't know they're they're a weird team that's one of the weirdest teams i don't know but knowing the red sox when they have weird teams they often win the world series right and right after they've had a pretty or finish last one of the two (laughs) one or the other they tend to alternate it's one of the strangest franchises of the last 10 15 years not in a rockies way but in a right year to year consistency way for sure Fat over uh, Brandon Bayo over or well Brian Bayo over Brandon Fat. Was I got them both in labor. Close there. Yeah, were, were you thinking about? Brandon I got Fat? both of them and Wesneski in labor, so I was a little overweight in terms of uh, risks, but that's okay. I think Bayo is a fine choice there. He's an interesting one because he is, I think, like Bradish in that his minor league numbers look pretty different from his major league numbers. His major league numbers, not as good as you want in the strikeouts or walks, but a ton of grounders. Didn't really lead to a good ERA, 471, but the ERA estimators were more or less fine. But then in the minors, you look and he's regularly striking out over 30% of opposing batters. I think, again, like with Bradish, if you can get decent shot of playing time, decent enough skills to start with, with the potential for if he just shows anything more of what he showed in the minors... I think that's some nice upside for the second to last pick there. Yep. No upside, but standard, pretty decent pick. Uh, Adam Wainwright in the 29th round. 
he was good to me for a while last year. Kind of slipped off at the very end, but I, I have a little soft spot for him. Yeah, fine, fine. At this part of the draft, still pitches in a good park, still should have a good defense behind him most of the time. Skills definitely aren't what they once were. I think he's clearly slipping back after that late career bounce. No Yachty this year. Yeah. That's presumably a, a pretty big downturn. I don't know exactly how good were Yachty's numbers behind the plate very late in his career. Right. Maybe they stayed elite, but I guess his game calling. But they are, they're always kind of paired together. That's the only reason why right. I mentioned that. So it's possible he takes a big step back. Yeah. Well, it's it always is. possible that a 62-year-old, what is he, 41, takes a step back. So. Ageist. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I'd rather be out a year early than a year late most sure. of the time. But it's around 29, so I don't think that applies anymore. Yeah. Fair. So you think of probably one more starter to round things out, or is there any reason to get a fourth closer candidate? There's always a reason, but I, I might. Yeah, I'm probably going to. I've got one other guy that I may lie and take another hitter, believe it or not. Are we going to announce who it is so Team Six snipes you? Or? No, I think I'll wait. Okay. Uh, you know, massive, massive if true, but... Uh... I'll just say he's got second and third eligibility. That's your clue. And he's not Luis Rengifo, who just went. I like Luis Rengifo, actually. I'm, he gets no respect. He was their best hitter down the stretch. Now, that's, yeah. that's like the tallest midget, but uh, I get it. But he was a good hitter down the stretch last year. And he has that problem where he debuted maybe before he was ready. So he just has a lot of major league numbers that aren't good. But he debuted at age 22, so he's just now entering his age 26 season, coming off his first decent year. If imagine if he had spent, you know, 2019 through 2021 still in the minors, and we just saw him come up and have a 103 WRC plus last year, I think he'd probably be getting a lot more excitement than what actually happened, which is why he came up and wasn't very good. So, I think he's a great last rounder for sure. This guy, Bubba Thompson, league winner for some people. A late speed pickup guy. Uh, Sarah Sanchez was mentioning how Bubba Thompson beat her, beat her out of first place, basically getting all these late steals. He was just like a stolen base machine. Nine steals in twenty-two games, I think he had at the end of the year. Not wow. he can't hit. He's not any good, no. but he was good enough for September last year. It's funny. It's guys like that. Uh, it kind of makes like fantasy baseball in a way. Yeah, but it might make it in. In season management, I'm not sure how much I want him in the draft, but definitely, definitely a fun. That's just a story, good story for a month there. Oh yeah, just, absolutely. You know, is That's it going to be him fame. next year? Eighteen yep. steals in 55 games. That's about 50 steal pace if you played a full season. Yeah, but just about the worst plate skills I've seen. 31% strikeout rate against a 4% walk rate and a barrel yep. rate below 2%. Yeah, definitely a pitcher of extremes, a hitter of extremes. Uh, surprising amount of hitters going in this last round. I guess yeah. not everybody follows our well, plan of loading up the entire bench with pitchers. Yeah, well, I'm not going to even follow our plan. Uh, I think oh. I had enough of them. What if I told you, Eric, 
that yep. there is a player out there that stole 41 bases, qualifies at third base, and he's still available. Sounds like John Birdie. You would be correct. John Birdie it is. I love that John Birdie was not a qualified hitter last year. If you are sorting through the qualified hitter leaderboards and sorting by steals, he doesn't show up because he didn't play enough. Right. And basically didn't do much but get steals. He's a better hitter than Thompson and has some more positional flexibility. Second and third. I wish he had outfield still, but he doesn't. But that's okay. You know, so why, you know, I'll probably end up cutting him. And that's the problem with rostering John Birdie is if he's not playing four or five days a week, you can't really roster him in a 12 teamer. So a lot of those stone bases go wasted. Right. And then you cut him. Somebody else whips on games in May and you won't get any of them. Yeah. That's also a possibility there, too. So, but. I mean, yeah, he's drafted to be cut, basically. Yeah. Well, how, how are you feeling about the team? You're all done. All 30 picks in. Did it go the way you wanted? Uh, never goes the way you want. Um, it was fine. It, it was good. I don't think – I think this – it got me more into, like – I mean, I, I felt good about the approach. Um, I think some of the, like, high-skill relief pitchers that I wanted – dried up a little quicker than I thought would have thought, but that's okay too. Yeah, your relievers right now are Scott Barlow, Alex Slang, and Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, that's it. That's the list. I'm I'm one I'm one closer line. short. But yeah. again, my my theory is that I can get them in fab and I don't have to go crazy to get them. So we'll right. test that theory over the course you of the season. To, you have to actually get them. Yep. Yeah. Um so Hey, we finished up. Thanks, everybody, for uh, jumping on board with us and being so lively in the chat. That was super fun. Glad every. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, I refreshed the uh, draft board so you can kind of see the results there. Great drafting with everybody. Um, and uh, we'll be doing a. We'll be doing a, We'll be doing this again at some point in time. We're trying to do at least one live stream a week. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks Eric for you for spending two hours of your precious time and possible even sleep time. Uh, with us here although i think it's even it's it's like yeah i guess it is around your bedtime now yeah a little bit it's it's almost one all right hopefully the coffee worked but uh big thanks to fan tracks and to underdog for sponsoring us as always uh thanks for listening to this i'll be on with fred zinke tomorrow we're going to be recording about five o'clock best coast time eight o'clock eastern thanks for listening take care this is the story of the one As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.